All right, welcome everyone. We have another special podcast. Uh, very entertaining, energetic, lovely young lady, a friend of mine, Liv. How are you doing for the 74th podcast? We got, how's it going? I'm great. It's good to see you. It's been a long time. It has been a while. I know we're Burning Man buddies. We've uh, we've been in poker together for a bit, basically, I guess, since the, the kind of started the uh, the beginning of it all. Uh, so it, it's crazy times in the world. There's a lot to talk about. I know you've kind of segued out of poker. You are officially retired. Is that your stance on poker? Or um, not- I would say so, yeah. I mean, I haven't. I've, I've played like a couple of online tourneys this year like two maybe um i do play an an almost weekly online home game against some friends but i i I don't know if you can even barely call it poker honestly what we play it's safe to say that poker is a special place in your heart you always like to play but it's not you're not grinding you're not hitting the circuit there is no live circuit now anyway uh, (laughs) taking over but uh you have been out of the game for for a little bit in terms of uh taking a break and obviously you start a youtube channel you seem very into mm-hmm. physics. You you've got a lot going on. So I do want to. We're gonna. We have so much to cover. It's late. You're you're over across the pond, and and uh, we don't want to keep you too long. So we want we want to cover a lot. Let's just give the viewers who may not know who you are. I'll give a, a brief intro. You've won you've won two of the majors. You won a World Series of Poker bracelet. Actually, a tag team event with your your hubby. I guess not officially married. You guys have been together for since I feel like forever with Igor, which yeah. is pretty special. I want to talk about that. But you've also won an EPT. Almost got a triple crown. You got two of the three major major. Um, but w- give us like the early on live. Where did you get into poker? Give us kind of like your growing up. Just, just, just fast forward and then we'll dive into uh, sure. poker. Give us the, the backstory. I um, graduated uni when I was 21 and needed to get find a way to make money. So I started applying for TV game shows, as you do. Um, and on one of these shows, I uh, it, it turned out that they wanted five beginners to teach them how to play poker. So I uh, I was on this show. First hand of poker I'd ever played it was also my first time on TV. It was very intense, um, but completely fell in love with the game. It just like everything about it spoke to my personality. Um, and then I started like playing more seriously in sort of like 2000, you know, more regularly at least around like 2007, 2008. Um, and then like really started playing like more major tourneys around 2009 and then had like my big breakthrough in 2010 on the EPT and just never really looked back from there. Very cool. So it's been like the last, last 10 years of my life. I see, I do see, yeah, I guess a decade, decade you could say 10,000 hours, an expert, you're definitely an expert in poker. I mean, the, the debate about women in poker and this and that, you're, in terms of that, you're definitely in the conversation, you're a world-class great player, but in terms of women, you know, you're, you're right there. There's not many uh, household names, I would say, in poker. It's just there's not a lot of women in poker. You're definitely one of the, the known and, and successful established uh, females that have done well in this in the sport. Um, I do see it says Ultimate Poker, the showdown, which this is what you're talking about aired on five is this yeah. the show that was like Phil yeah Hunt, Duke, Dave Elliott, it was, was- yeah it was like the early days of ultimate bet I, yeah. when they were called ultimate poker i think i don't even know but i mean obviously i didn't know who, who they were or anything i just they they had sponsored this show under the like the premise of like what personality type is best suited to learn poker and they they wanted like five beginners uh of- shoot can you hear me my net i think my net uh, it might be mine. Okay. Can you hear me? I don't know. My uh, 
It's weird because my, my, it seems like my thing's spinning, but it might, I'm not sure. It should be. I, 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 I hate you. So okay, sorry to interrupt. I, I can hear you clearly. So you were, you were doing the show, this early on show you got into uh-huh. it. How did you actually get selected for it? Um, they, they, you know, they put out like, uh, an advert in the papers and like online. And I think the way a lot of these, like, you know, game shows and reality shows, uh, recruit. Um, and I saw, you know, I saw the advert and I was like, would I like to win a hundred thousand pounds? That sounds great. I like, I love games. I'm very yeah. competitive. sounds like fun. So yes. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And I didn't end up winning that show. And in fact, I played atrociously. Like I, I misread the board. I didn't notice that there was, there was four diamonds out there. And I like, why rivet a straight, my opponent rivet a flush. And like, when I then noticed after like saying, I raise, um, yeah. basically committing all my chips, I noticed that there were four diamonds out there and I like visibly went, <gasps> so, about like you know 101 of how not to play as right. what i did on that on that show um and then i had like this big meltdown and it was like yeah made perfect reality tv but i i made a complete fool of myself but nonetheless i loved the shows so i loved the games so much i then started like playing down at a, like a local card club um there was the old gut shot club in london many like old, old school london poker players might remember that club um and then like started taking the game more seriously from there and and uh, so so then you did have a stick. Were you? I think I remember now that it's like in my head. You were sp- sponsored by Ultimate Bet for a while. Was that? Was did you have yep. a deal with them, or you were so so? What? How, how yeah, was like getting, getting sponsored. That was, that's pretty cool. So that's early. It on. was amazing. I mean. Let's be real here. The reason I got sponsored was not because I had results or anything. It was because I was, you know, a reasonable looking girl um, who I think could speak well about the game. And yeah. that definitely helped in me getting a, a sponsorship deal. But, you know, I'm never, you know, the first one to admit that. And it was great. Uh, it gave me the opportunity to go and play in some bigger events and, and to go and like, it just gave me the freedom. I had like a nine to five job and it gave me the freedom to quit that job. Um, and that like you know, when you, when you called in to quit, did you say, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to tour the world and play poker professionally. Like, what are you just like, I'm not working anymore. How did that go? Well, actually the way it went down, I didn't have the sponsorship deal yet. That was actually, it came like, actually it came like a year and a half, two years later, thinking about it. But, um, I, fairly soon after but no the way it went down was i um won a package there was like a 300 pound satellite to the five diamond classic in vegas Mm -hmm. uh winner take alls uh it was like a 19k dollar package which you know it was more than way more than half of my annual salary at this job I was doing. Right. And I won it, won this package. And my boss was like, I'd use up all my vacation uh, for the year. And he's like, you can't, you can't go. I was like, well, give me unpaid, unpaid leave. Or, you know, so I can go. And he's like, no, no. So I just quit. Cause it was like, wow. well, I want to do this. Like, am I really going to pass up and, uh, you know, a, a, no. a buy into this 15 K and 19 K package to go to, to Vegas for the first time. Fuck that. So, no. um, Actually, it was my second time to Vegas. But, yeah, so I quit and then went and played that. That was the first time I met, like, I remember I met, like, Negranu and, all, like, the Bingers and all, all of the, that crew back in the day um, and got to know all of them. Um, it, was, it was amazing. And, um, 
yeah and then I started like from that point on I mean again I didn't I played terribly in the you know I was drawing dead in that tournament I was so I was just terrified I don't know, poker back then was pretty special I don't know if anyone was drawing dead I think it was uh, there was a lot well, of but you know I, 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 I you were you were you were clicking buttons you, you didn't really, was, you were having fun you were you were you weren't studying or really knew what was going on I, I was it. I know I was studying no it wasn't so much that I was studying and I was, I was thinking about the game a lot but I just was scared money that's the main thing like I was just you know i was playing for stakes way beyond like i mean the 300 pound buy-in was a huge stakes for me right. to play the satellite so now to be playing a 15k buy-in against what i perceive to be the best in the world at the five diamond right. classic like you were playing big for deal. Life, literally you had your job literally you were like my job was gone around. like this was just yeah. like i i had i was like oh my god this is my story i'm gonna like come on i'm gonna win this with like you know for two million dollars whatever and this is it yeah. um did not happen but uh yeah it, it was it, but it was it was like a baptism of fire but more than that again it like i then made all these incredible friends like even off the back of that trip who are still like i still know today and have been like you know just great supporters so it, it was uh it was just really instrumental moment in my career uh well, just like getting my career started and what about your parents, family, friends? What were they thinking when you said, look, uh, I, it's either quit my job, go do this, or like, sure, you got to go for it, no way, or like, I don't know, you know, like, how, how is the support system? Um, they thought I was insane, um, but they were support, supportive nonetheless. Um, I've been very lucky on that regard. My, my family have always, they've always been remarkably, you know, they'll give me advice and guidance and say, look, we don't think this is a good idea, or we think it is, but ultimately, I, I think they realize that you know when i make my mind up on something i'm really likely to change it at least certainly not back then and so it just uh yeah that you know they were just concerned that i was gonna like lose all my money or get taken advantage of or something like that um but reasonable reasonable concern yeah the, the normal the normal parent stuff but they were still like really supportive and they knew that they knew how much I loved it. And they, I don't think they ever expected me to have a conventional career. Um, I was always a bit of a weird kid anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Well, they were, all right. Well, they were poker and you, know, you found your way to poker. You got in, you got sponsored, you got a, you got paid to do and travel the world. And obviously we, we know that, you know, being on the tour, getting to do some cool stuff, meet a lot of interesting people directly or indirectly from poker. What was it when you said, because at that point, sort of up in there, when did you say, you know what, I'm going to really do this? Was it when you got a sponsorship deal? When did you say, okay, this is going to be what? Did you think you were going to be playing for a decade or so? Like, was, was this? No. Like, I, I was like remarkably, you know, in, in hindsight, I, I was remarkably confident for what my actual both skill level and just, I just was like so sure I was going to make it. It was really straight, you know, to the point of probably delusion. Um, but at the same time, it gave me the confidence to like, just really go for it. I believed that I was, it was really, I, I just believed I was going to be a, you know, I was going to make, you know, achieve my goals. I didn't know when I was going to achieve them, but I knew I was going to like, I was determined to win a huge major and, um, yeah, don't spoil. I, we want to talk about the triple crown opportunities and the double. You know, we, we're going to get to that. We're going to go through your memory lane. That's one of the things I like to do on the podcast with the poker portion of the podcast, which I would say it's like high 90%. The first ever Hendon Mob uh, caches are all final tables. Like, literally, every single person I talk, they always are like, it's not 30th or 50th or 90th. It's just like final table. And it looks like you had a couple in a row, obviously. Well, you know, you know why that is, right? When you, well, you, you because if you do it, you, it keeps you in the game, right? It's, 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 it's a selection effect. It's a selection effect. Like the, it's almost certainly the ones that get, someone has to get, you know, out of all the thousands of people who play poker for the first time, a percentage of them have to get lucky. 
And more often than not, the ones that are the lucky ones early on in their career are the ones who will continue playing because they've, they've had that taste for it. And I mean, you know, I'm sure I fell in that category. So. I, I, that's interesting. I, I, that's what I'm, that's kind of what I allude to. I believe there's something to that. Of course, like maybe you did just not cash your first one and then your first cash was a found table, but it's just a bizarre stat. I mean, this looks like a free roll, but you did have a decent score here pretty early on. You hit a, a first, uh, for 42,000 off a of 2k. What was that like? Uh, was that, was that significant to your life? Role oh, that was, that was amazing. Um, that oh. was, I, I had gone out to EPT, uh, Copenhagen as a presenter. Um, I was doing some just like random reporting, uh, which I love doing, like interviewing the players. And then while I was there, they Labrooks put on a free roll for any ladies who were there to just play. And again, it was like a winner take all free roll where you win a, you won like a two K package to play in their European ladies championship. And out of this like 150 ladies, I think you played or something like that. I won that free roll. So then I then played the actual, you know, main event and then I won that. Uh, so it was a nice little spin-off. You were parlaying. You were, you were making moves yeah. in like the Jefferson. Infinite ROI that's, to that particular uh, that's tournament. very, yeah. very cool. What what would you say though? Like, let's just, let's just, let's fast forward a bit because I don't want to run through the whole thing. But this is, I mean, it's very interesting because you're in 2007, 2008. Were you playing online now by this time? Like grinding tournaments, cash games? What was your poker um, playing like breakdown? Like, do you remember I've, when you, I mean, I, I, I've played relatively little online considering, um, you know, considering what I should have been doing, I should have been playing more online, but I really loved just like everything about live so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just enjoyed the atmosphere, the socializing of it. Like my favorite thing was to go down to the local card club and just like they had their five pound rebuy tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think yeah, I won that twice, which again, it was like the, an insane crapshoot. Like I think right. the average stack was like 12 big blinds at any given moment. So like how, you know, it, it, but again, just like this, this incredible good fortune. I was not a good player, like without, you know, without question. And neither was really anybody else, but uh, you know, I was not yeah. beating the field, but that way, I don't right. think anyone was considering probably the rake, but um, yeah, it, it, I, I wasn't playing that much online. It was mostly live. Um, right. And you, but I was like miss, reading a lot and studying a lot. Do you miss that? Like, I think sometimes, like I remember growing up, like playing one, two, two, five, going with a couple of my best friends and going to a casino and, you know, playing 12, 14, 18 hours. And the money was like, you were literally, it was like so important in every, you know, like it was just like, crazy like talking about five pound rebuy in the public those days of poker it's like how often you get to go and just like sit and mess mess around or do it like now there's like you know you you got a youtube channel you're doing content you're we've got a ton of other stuff to talk about it's just like different parts of our life i got a baby now it's like i'm not just going and playing one two at a casino for fun like and it's and it is actually some of the more enjoyable i think it goes in phases right like probably some point later in our life maybe get to a point of comfortability or things are calmed down and then maybe get back in and you hit that but like i feel like our specific age and timeline of like where we're at it just seems like there's it's hard to like pocket off time for stuff like that because it just time is such a crazy thing right it's 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 the ultimate limited resource and for me personally like i've i've just you know i've scratched my poker itch you know and everyone gets there at some point some people actually never get there like mm-hmm. i presumably doyle has just not got there he loves the game yeah. that much and he's still playing it now like it's what he, it's just his whole thing and that's that's great but yeah. for me personally like it, it just ran its course i just found i started finding it not as exciting as i used to and that's okay you know like yeah. but now i've got now that i'm playing well it wasn't so much that it was just that i was it wasn't giving me the 
the pleasure and, 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 and rewards that it would have taken for me to continue playing at the amount. And I think, you know, when you've been playing for such a long time and you've, you're, 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 you're sort of, a, you, it's not like you're seeing novel situations anymore. You know, part yeah. of the reason why I enjoyed it is because there was always a new novel situation, something I could not have conceived, some new, like, weird, even like difficult rule arbitration that needed to happen. Or there's always something exciting. When I, after a while, I just like, oh, I've been, I've been there. I've done that. I've seen this now. And it just, the thrill wasn't, you know, there, there anymore. But um, yeah. that was just because I've been doing it for, a, oh, and, and also I'm just like, it, it makes a lot of sense and goes through waves too, or you find something in physics or like, I'm going to do this YouTube. I'm going to do that. I'm going to learn this. I'm going to study that. And it's more, you know, it goes like it's pockets, you know, it's something that could, you could wake up and feel motivated or see some kind exactly. of, you know, series or something interesting. Or you say, you know what, once COVID's over and there's some event, you go for a week with friends and you just pop one off. Cause that's what I want to talk about popping one off. And that's exactly what you did. So you, you hear 2008, you're playing, you know, you're grinding, you're playing some stuff, you're hitting some decent little scores, keeping a flow, doing whatever. And then boom, just out of nowhere. I mean, there's no, there's no hundred K score on the radar. There's no, you know, you're playing relatively small buy-ins. You do hop in a five K here, but nothing like insane. I guess you, you got in a 25 K. That's a big event. You cash. Sat- I, sat- I satellite it. Uh, yeah. I sat eat my way in. So you that's how I played all the names. That's yeah, a I was big, always sat- that, that was a big, uh, that, that is a big tournament, 25 K buy-in, but you sat in, but then, you know, you flash up here and then all of a sudden in April, 2010, you just, rifle one off or well, this was a big one for 2.4 this yeah, the tournament you were in you got pretty deep and i remember this actually these were the these are the 25ks were insane uh yeah. the, the value and, and sort of this period, period of poker where the 25ks got that type of turnout but here you're at ept and it's a 5k buy-in a 5,000, and you hit a 1.7 million dollar score i mean what the and what, I what, it, I... what, what is this what happened here well, that was a crazy story because I wasn't even meant to be at that tournament. I had gone down to the south of France to um, a chili poker event, I think it was. Yeah, it was like Alex Dreyfus's old uh, online site. He'd invited me in, uh, Liz Lou, um, and we played that. And then she was like, oh, there's a tournament going on in Italy. And I hadn't planned on going because um, it was, you know, it was big tawny and it was like out of, you know, out of my, my buy-in range, really. Yeah. Um, and then the volcano, remember the Icelandic volcano went off. And so I... I week, I don't remember. I, I, there's so many crazy things. It happened in 2010. Yeah, no, of course. I, like, we, yeah. Um, it, it sounds 2010. Familiar. Yeah, they were, they, a volcano went off, and it basically it shut down European airspace. They couldn't, no mm. planes could fly. Okay. And so I couldn't get home, and so I was like, "All right, well, let's let's go over to this." So I, we we jumped on a train and went over to to Italy, eventually to San Remo. And that night we got there, there was a 500 euro satellite to the main event the next day. So I hopped in that last minute, and then I won my seat. Um, I, I used to be like the satellite queen; I was very good at it. Um, and handy skill, I guess. And yeah, so then, nice satellites are great. I think today they're the best. some of the best value there is. Oh, yeah, they're, they're it's good. kind of fun. You just get you get a they're nice torturous. Time. They're torturous, but they they can be a nice way of like spinning it up. Yeah. So then I won my seat, and then I played it. You know, the next day, and then six days later. <laughs> I won the whole thing. Hold on a second. So if there's no volcano, you're not, we're not talking today, probably on a podcast. You may not even be in poker. This was like, you were kind of in and out. You're doing some stuff, but this is 2010. Were you sponsored by UB at this time or no longer? Had you Mm. gone down? What what was happening? Like, I, no, I was, I was still, I, yeah, I was 
yeah, I was still uh, on their, you know, on their sponsored roster, but I had, they didn't put me in the tournament. Okay. Um, so you go over there, you win a satellite, you hop in six day. We're talking like the real grind. This is one of the, the major events. For those that aren't familiar, the EPTs, this is, there's basically three sets of tournaments. There's the EPT, which is like now Poker Stars, I guess, championships have kind of changed the name, but there's that, there's the WSOP, and then there's the World Poker Tour. Those are like, those are, if you've won those, that's like a, that's a real deal. So this was a real deal. And how did you, how, like with the, you never really, I mean, what did it feel like? This was 1,240 entrants. At what point in this tournament do you remember? Like, were you, did you have chips the whole time? Did you just, were you so focused, like off your phone? Like, the like, did you, what happened to win? How do you win 1,240 <laughs> at this time without uh, playing that much? You're not like, you're not one of the grinders. You're not playing every event. You're not. I, mean, I, I have been grinding by this point, to be fair. I think I played quite a bit, but okay. like, nothing. You know, again, you're not, like, not, like, not many big main events. You're playing. Oh like, no, no, you're no, not no! Like going to major event to major event. You're, you've played some. I'm pretty sure this is my first ever EPT. I okay. think it was either my first or my second. Um, I, to be honest, I was like, I mean, I was super in the zone. I remember that, um, like, incredible focus. Um, but it just felt like it was my tournament. There's really no other way to describe it. it you know, I, I think everyone, whenever they win a big tournament, were like, yeah, it was my tourney. But, you know, I've won other tournaments since. And it was like, I didn't really know, you know, it, it was like, it was more of a rough journey. Whereas this, it just like, it was so smooth. I mean, there were like ups and downs, obviously. And, you know, I, I went, I was like pretty short stacked all day one, short stacked for most of day two. And then like, like spun it up. And then I was like chip leader from like three and four. And then like, lost it all again but hung in there and then it just i don't know it was it like the the, the deck the deck was on my side These you know i played for the most part well but two yeah. out the payout. i mean seven hundred thousand. was there any talk of deals did you know the people at the final table no we did do a small deal heads up sorry yeah we did do a, a small deal heads up um but it wasn't like it, you know it was it was like a small saver basically it was still pretty uh pretty staggered between the two yeah. um but no i didn't know any of the players and so, um and what I, about swaps you, you got in for 500 euro did you have any did you sell pieces any swaps did you I had, i'd sold off some i'd sold off some sold some which is nice because yeah. you satellite in for 500 you lock up a win then you you give it's nice right. until you win 1.7 million and then, and and then, you, then you have to pay to... out like yeah but it was it was to a very good friend who bought my action who'd been buying my action for a long time so it was wonderful to you no, know of course no matter him, what pay him out no matter yeah. what you're going to be over the moon so but did yeah. you feel pressure because let's be honest being a female as you mentioned you know getting a deal it's the poker sites, especially in this time, they're hungry. They want, there's very not many female players uh, that mm -hmm. are, that can articulate the game that look the part that can be involved. Were you thinking about that? Did you, cause like the, the reality is let's take everyone in that field or let's take the final hundred or final 20 for you to be a female and win it. It's big for poker. It's bigger. I and mean, it's huge for you. Cause you getting second or third is cool, but you may not get, yeah, the big you, get you may not get like to be able to put that on the resume. Did you think about that? Was that like in the back of your mind? Like you knew this is worth so much more yeah. than even what the money was. Did yeah, you know yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I was very aware of that. And I mean, my goal had been also to, you know, poker stars was my, my, the Holy grail of like achievement for me. I wanted to be on team poker stars. They were like yeah, the I biggest site at the time. Yeah, growing up, I mean, that was, yeah, you know, it was that like, was that was, a, that was a dream. And, um, you know, I, I felt confident that if I made it into the top three, they would probably be interested in me anyway. But first made, I knew that first was like, 
what really mattered. So, you know, I was going for that. Um, and, you know, even though in like retrospect, you know, I, 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 I think I doubled my net worth even by coming ninth, you know, so it, and it really, I should have been probably selling off more, it, you know, it was not good bankroll management as I was laddering up, putting it that way, but uh, it was, yeah, it, it was definitely like a major goal. And I mean, the other thing that came out of it as well was like, the, the the media attention, and I'm not talking about just like poker media, like mainstream media attention I had for the week afterwards was like beyond anything I could have imagined. I was like, Daily Mail was calling me, the, the Sun, the, the Telegraph, the Times, like you name it. Every every newspaper wanted to do an interview, and it was it was I loved it, but it was very overwhelming. And they, right. you know, like I was on the front page of newspapers. They were like, oh, yeah, you because know, I think I had, you know, good story. Oh, astrophysics graduate, she wins a million pounds, etc. And um, that was that was pretty nuts. Yeah, that was like a whirlwind tour. You need, you need to probably hire a manager, PR, or something like. That. Yeah, I, I did. I, 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 I thought about getting a PR agent because I just, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, and I also was aware that it was like a pretty rare opportunity, and you know, you can often leverage these things into bigger things. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty amazing journey. And 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 how did uh, how did then approach was your UB deal like kind of fizzling out or just sort of had a contract that was up and then did Stars and, and some other sites immediately say hey like we'd love to sign yeah. you was it, I mean for Stars obviously it's a great it's perfect scenario they win their main event one point seven million female trying to get females into the game and it's just it's a it's a you know it was great. did they just immediately approach you and say hey let's talk or let's get involved like. And that, pretty much and, yeah and and, and uh so I and mean, what were your family saying then were they i mean because it, it is kind of surreal if you really think about it I mean, listen i've played right. forever i've hit some scores but like 1.7 off of 5k it's not even like 100k or 25k where you win like you know you can win 500 and it's great and mm -hmm. it's like if you're playing a lot of 25 buy-ins or 50 buy-ins you know it can go pretty quick we're not even probably a 5k scooping 1.7 is like you know, it's the Holy grail. Like you hit like the literal lottery, like you, you really did it. I know. So, yeah. um, you know, what was, uh, what was, you know, what was their reaction? They must be think it's make believe, right? Like they just can't believe. I mean, they the just, they just were specious. I mean, my mom was, you know, obviously over the moon. She's a little frustrated that she, cause she'd always usually come out. She like, you know, she was going to come and watch me play. Right. And because of the rock volcano, she couldn't fly down. Normally she would have hopped on a plane from London and, and come for the final table. But like there was no one there. There was I, I. I think I had one or two friends like actually there railing me because it was also like it. It was held in. Um, it was yeah. It was held in the theater of the of the casino, and everybody had already left San Remo to go into Monaco. So there was just no one around really, with, right. with the exception of like one friend. Um, but just. Yeah, it's fine. It's nice. I'm not right. complaining, but it was just, it was like slightly weird. Uh, How, it was what very... was it like celebrating? Do you remember when did it, when did it finish? Cause I mean, this is like, this is obviously life changing stuff. I mean, it's big deal. Like what did you do afterward? Did you make any purchases? Did you go out and celebrate? No. Was it so late? You just crashed. I, no, I, I got out. I feel like I got outrageously drunk that night with some like, you know, some of the poker media who had been so supportive. I think just a bunch of people, you know, how it often is like the dealers and the, and the, and the media yeah. going, going to have drinks afterwards at the end of an event. And I just joined them. It was great. Very cool. Uh, well, that, that is that is special. And I do want to, you know, again, I don't want to spend because you have so many. You're very unique too in poker, where you, you have a lot of other projects. You've done TED talks. You got a YouTube channel. So I do want to not just focus on the past and, and some poker results, but mm -hmm. I do want to just kind of scroll through talk about uh your career you've had a lot of traveled the world and we've been on so many stops together and you know obviously uh burning man i do want to cover as well which is which is cool that you know we've uh 
poker or the group that's done it, but you also did win a WSOP bracelet and not that long ago. It was, it was 2017 and, and, and with your boyfriend, um, is it boyfriend you guys can get, what's going on with you guys? Are we, cause how long I mean, we're six years, Okay. six, six, yeah, like six and a half years now. So we're effectively married. Like we call each other husband and wife. We're not actually married. It's like, it's become like a whole joke thing where we pretend to engage, like propose to one another. We, we've like mock engaged so many times in very romantic ways with them. We're like, it's like, and it's, but we're, we're very much, you know, life partners, put it that way. Okay, so and, and tell me what that was like then, because you you all of a sudden you know in the tag team. I remember seeing this. I, I played with some of my best friends, and it was fun. Like the idea is cool, especially the ten k one, which is you know it's a it's a real tournament. The one k's are a little gimmicky, and it's you know so many people, and it's like what are you going to do? But you guys were a two team tag team. I think you had to have two to four. What was that like to actually grab a bracelet as like a poker player to win that? What what did that feel like to get that done yeah. and do it in that capacity? I mean that's crazy. so good. So good. I mean, you know, again, like obviously winning a bracelet is every poker player's dream um, or most poker players' dreams. But to do it in such a fun way with, you know, my my love and best friend that is Igor to, to like be able to win a bracelet together and, you know, we, you know, we both physically have one. Um, and it was just it was just wonderful. Um you know, it was, in, you know, it's always it. There. I mean, if you look at yeah, the final was, table, was, there were some really good players there. It's not a easy, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, Eagle played most of the final table. I mean, which just makes sense. He's a better player than me. Uh, why would you not put your best player forward? I played all of day one and half of day two. And then he played like the latter half of day two and then most of day three. Um, I played a few hands at the FT, um, but yeah, he, he played most of it. And it was like Negreanu and, and others. So um, yeah, I mean, it's still... Yeah, while he made more of the bigger equity decisions, I contributed in time and gave, you know, I, I don't know. It's one of those, like, a lot of people are like, oh, but you didn't, you only won half a race. It's like, sure, whatever. I, like, contributed no, I, as I much as I could. That's, I think it's more special. I think it's more unique. It's also stressful, I love time, it. right? Because, yeah. like, you're in, out, you, you don't want to blow it for your teammates. Right, like, exactly. Like, uh, you know, particularly when I, like, got tagged in at the FT and, like, the, and then you know, we played four handed or whatever. And I get that ice King and I was like, Oh man, this is going to be a big head. Oh, please don't blow it. And then like, I end up having to cool down. Like the guy check, check raises when I see that. And then I have to cool down with ace high and I was, you know, Correct, yeah. but it was just yeah. like, oh, okay, you yeah, back. Yeah, like, you know, because it's kind of a joke, right? When you do it at first, you get in, it's like, ah, it's like whatever. It's a tag team. It's like, who knows? It might maybe because right. you can't even control your partner may just not be into it or whatever. Like they might just be yeah. over it or early on. So to actually get deep and then when it's in reach, I think it gets so serious. It's so exciting. So and, um, and very- then the funny thing, the funny thing as well is that we had like said beforehand, we're like, you know, because obviously we have raising for effective giving, you know, reg, um, we yeah. fundraise for various charities. We had even yeah, said. Yeah beforehand you're like oh if we play it the two of us should we just you know what is it like it's a it's a 10k buy-in let's let's like make our a a donation here by giving away 50 percent of whatever we cash most of the time we're not going to cash it's like you know five 5k 5k you know equity fine and then we went the whole thing. It's like that is a big yeah, check so to cut. Really, yeah, do your part for the charity. No one's <laughs> gonna say you're not uh, you're not participating. That that that's something we've got to spend some time to. I'm telling you, Liv, it's late. You might have to grab a pot of coffee because we're not. I haven't, oh, we haven't fine, started. Fine. We got, we got, we got my sparkling water. All right, so all right. What, 
what is what is it what would it mean to you because the triple crown in poker like we were talking about there's three major series the wpt is the other one and and being uk based or you know european based wpt is world poker tour although it's heavily distributed in the u.s north america what would that mean to you to win the triple crown i don't know if as maybe what one one woman done it or is none i don't know if anyone no, 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 i mean no no one no woman's done it but um i mean obviously i would love it because I, I, I'm a title chaser. Let's let's be real here. Who, um, isn't, who isn't? If you're li- you're lying, if you well, don't want to. There's a lot of players who no. There's a lot of players who genuinely are. They play That's for the, you know the cash game players. They love they love the game for you know its purity uh, in and of itself. But um, I am a title chaser. Definitely, I enjoy it. Um, and so much, and, and I think it's a great way of getting the inspiration and love for the game. Anyway, so um, yeah, I would absolutely love to um and you know it'd be a handy thing i'm sure for the resume in some way um and i would love it to be obviously a live tournament because you know i don't know there's something about you know holding up the trophy physically and looking you know being at that physical final table but online Online's great too. It's the same Online's game. You put it on a T for me, Lee, because uh, Liv, I said Lee, I don't know I said that. They're putting on a T. We have got – you know what we got. The 100 million WPT online starting on Party Poker. Got to throw it up. You know, that's – Party Poker is a pretty strong site. One of the one of the greats. Uh, you are a free agent, or you're semi-retired, but that is online. What, would, what have you looked at that schedule? Are you going to be? Can are you in? Are you fade or retired? Are you really retired? Are you kind of retired? And will you play some of these online? I mean, to be able to get from the comfort of your home, the Triple Crown potentially and legitimately with a you know with that WPT because they are awarding championship TLC seats and there, there's yeah. no events. Will you be participating? I will. Yeah, I'm, I'm, very, I'm actually very excited to play. I haven't, as I said, played in forever. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna be playing that. I don't, I, I don't know which ones I'm gonna play yet, but um, certainly some of the sort of bigger Saturday events because it, it's yeah, it's a really sick schedule. I just checked it out this week. Um, it, it's long. And- it's long. It's six weeks. It's a hundred million guaranteed. They got a lot of three Ks, ten K. I think there's there's PLO. There's I don't well. So I don't know if they it, it count as the main. But there's a ten K, the three K, and I, I would imagine if for you, it's probably much more fun when you're not like in the because some people are gonna be burnt out. They've been playing for two, three, four months every day, or you know a lot of a lot. For you, it's like all right, I could get a triple crown. I love poker, but I haven't been playing that much. And it's like, you know, I've taken a break and it's probably be, I would imagine very enjoyable and refreshing almost to come back. It wouldn't shock me if you just come in and rip one off right away. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's, uh, that's I mean, the, the way, the, yeah, I, I have to say the way my sort of story is gone, I wouldn't be that surprised either. I'd probably feel a little guilty, honestly, if I, if I got that run good, um, but it would be incredible. And so, yeah, I'm, 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 it's going to be a fun return to poker because it's been a long time. And I, the only thing I'm concerned about is that I'm rusty. I, I do need to knuckle down and like study the solvers a little bit because I am definitely very rusty. Uh, and people have gone, people are really good these days. They just are. Um, I mean, to be fair, like this, you know, this series party poker putting on is going to be very big. So hopefully there's going to be a lot of more amateur players playing, but yeah, I need to, I need to, do they're, some not giving them, they're not giving them away out there for sure. They're not, they're not giving it away anymore. No. Not, well, that's, that's so 
But the 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 uh, part of that though too is I think if you're playing less tables, like I know what I want to do is is play just focus on those those events because like you know sometimes I feel like you get in a schedule or when you were playing for a living or at least myself like sometimes you get in there's like oh I'm gonna play six eight tables like hopefully do well and whatever but like these these are strong and powerful enough where I just feel like all right I'll play one maybe two tables and really focus and and maybe uh, you know just lock in because again for you having that triple crown uh, it is definitely there's something about that that, that would be very special and, and it's cool to have that opportunity it's gotta be fun to like to get a triple crown so hard to get the first second but then like with the the third one's just there right it's like you could literally string together a couple days of run good play good and 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 chuck uh chalk it off the uh the list so uh we'll be we'll be watching we'll be sweating hopefully uh you what what about twitch i think you you have done some in the past are you would you stream anything are you gonna maybe like any kind of live type of stuff you might do with that can people watch you play poker live Come on. I mean, they can watch me online. Um, I don't know. I might. The thing is, is that when I've played, even when I was playing, you know, regularly and full time and I was actually you know, on top of my game, I found streaming and playing so hard because it's just like I want to entertain the streamers. So I want to be talking and telling jokes or yeah. thinking about something, you know, asking, getting them to ask me questions about the universe and, and so mm. on. And it's a very, it just takes too much cognitive power away from them playing. I, and I, particularly if I'm playing like WPTs, these are the tough, you know, I need to be thinking. So, yeah. I, but yeah. I actually, I, I don't know. I, I never say never. It's, it's, it's something worth considering. I, I haven't logged into Twitch in forever, but it is fun. I see uh, people dropping on here. I'm just not me saying it. They're saying you'd be a great party poker ambassador on the screen. I gotta, I gotta agree. We're just, you know, hey, they're just tossing <laughs> stuff out there, whatever. Who knows? Thank but you, I would, I'd say a winning formula would be. I believe, you know, one table, the big WPT, whatever event that is going during the, during this time period. And then, you know, you can really focus on the chat. You can talk about your YouTube and, and, and all that stuff. So I think that that would be, I just feel like one table live in a WPT for a triple crown. It just feels, it feels right. I'm just saying, so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But speaking of YouTube, let's, let's segue in there. Cause I can, you're one of those, I don't even, I have no structure for this podcast. Cause I just, there's, I can look, I can think of one thing and we could talk for a long time. Like you got, you got a lot of things we can talk about. So I'm just going to pop over randomly here to YouTube. So you got your YouTube channel. I've watched several of these. I think the super interesting was this. Uh, I watched this actually. I was just rewatching it a bit, but you did this a while ago. I remember watching this at the time, and I thought it was super fascinating about um, – the uh the sort of Nuclear like war. war threat and that game, do a, game theory of it yeah yeah you cover a bunch of very interesting sort of random topic concepts. there's a lot of random shit there. <laughs> every, yeah every one i'm like you know what i that's really interesting I, I wonder what what's going on here and i would like to hear what you say so um give me a bit about what this channel is what do you do and and, and how uh-huh. how did this come about Sure. So, I mean, a lot of the old videos are just sort of things that I had recorded ages ago that just that stuck up there randomly. But I made the conscious decision to start pushing my channel and like right building it about a year ago. Um, and my, you know, my initial plan, and to be honest, it still is kind of my plan, is to just make videos on topics that I personally find interesting because it's you know, I don't want to pigeon it, pigeonhole it too much. Originally I was like, Oh, I'll just do physics. But it's like, no, there's so much interesting, st- you know, other philosophy and, and science concepts outside of that. So honestly, it, it, it's mostly just gravitating towards whatever I find interesting. Um, a lot of it is to do with like futurism and, uh, how to make sure that the world sort of makes it through this century and has a flourishing future. Hence the, like the the nuclear war one, I think it was, you know, I think it's a really important topic that no one's thinking about enough. Um, And similarly, like the, the long form 
interviews I've done, particularly like the one with uh, the guy on the future of humanity, um, Anders Sandberg, who's just like this brilliant philosopher sort of mega genius transhumanist type guy who's like thinking about just like how big could our civilization be if we do things right and like what are the sort of physical and social limits you know if we do manage to take to the stars how would it look how long would it take us to to you know settle the entire milky way could we ever do it and like he's actually doing the like mathematical calculations behind the ways we could do it which is more than just like posturing um so yeah, but what I did find, like the common theme that keeps coming out of my videos, and this was not an intentional thing, was that they all actually come down to like things that are very counterintuitive. Mm. So uh, like the one I just made, which is just like this random space fact I was thinking about, like volume, the Earth's volume, you know, the Earth is, how, you know, it's like 6,000 kilometers radius, like how, so that's, it's a sphere of a radius of that size. So if you cut it into one meter cubes, and lay them out in a long line, how far does it stretch? And then I like realized it's like, it's so much further than your intuitions would ever think. It stretches across the entire Milky Way. And it just like blew my mind so much I had to make a video on it. And looking back at it, all the videos like I've made in the past year have been about like stuff that my intuition thought was one thing. And in reality, it was actually my intuitions were wrong. And, 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 and it's just like a really, I, I, to me, that's usually a tick box of when something is really interesting because it makes you go, huh. Um, so that's, that's seemingly where the channel goes. It, it's like counterintuitive, weird thought experiment phenomena. And, and so what's the ultimate goal of the YouTube channel? Is it something for you? Like, cause I, well, I want to ask you, but for me, like when I do a YouTube channel and it's like kind of like some are highlights, some are going to cool places. Like even here I can look and mm-hmm. sort of, you know, the time blends together. If nothing else with poker, I feel like WSOP and all the stops, there's a lot of the same stops, right? World Poker Tour in this spot or EPT, this stop, that stop, right? Like they all sort of blend together. So having videos to me, it's like a journal in a way. It's like, oh, like I remember that. That was kind of cool. Uh, you know, I was here in that time where I, I learned to fly, which is, that looked pretty scary. You're just flicking buttons and the guy's like, oh, do, do, do that. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, these are like random old video blogs, basically. But I'm saying it's like kind of fun because it's like a journal. But for you, is it is it fun? Is it a passion project? Do you want to have – would you like to be a reporter? Would you like to do – is there any like – is there what what is your ultimate goal of the channel or what, what are you hoping to get out of it? My ultimate goal is to build up a fan base of people who like to, A, have their intuitions questioned, you know, like, like, like to you – know, have their their instincts sort of messed with a little bit um but more than that people who are just like incredibly curious and interested in you know these big picture questions about how can we make the earth the best place it can be and and beyond and you know people who are sort of interested in, in in upgrading their thinking and and becoming you know as rational as possible um and who enjoy just like yeah have it like just really weird curious topics uh, that that's that's a goal like i don't have any set thing like oh i want to appear you know i mean i definitely have like instrumental goals as well like they'll come from it like I, it'd be right. cool if i end up having like a spin-off tv show um you know if this is a way to showcase that i can write um right. it's, and also partially it's like it's, i'm doing it kind of as a learning process because i've never written I, you know, I'm learning how I, 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 vid, I edit them all myself. Um, mm-hmm. pretty much I'm doing all the graphics largely myself. Um, and so I'm trying to just learn everything, not just like about the presenting, but also how to like produce 
a piece of content from like start to finish. Um, and it's also like a form of artistic expression because actually I haven't, I used to be really into art when I was a kid and then I just like stopped and my everything about science. And this is a nice way to actually bring some artistic expression back into the science stuff that I hadn't done. And I mean, and even poker, to be honest, I mean, yeah, there's, there's some artistic flair you can use in poker, but it's still ultimately a science kind of. Um, and whereas for this, this is just like, there, there's like, there's like intangibility of like stuff that I can't just like objectively measure. Like, and I'm like, Oh, I just have a feeling that this is the style that will work when talking about nuclear war. Um, and it's, it's quite a sort of liberating I, I wanna, thought process. I want to ask about this video specifically that, that sort of in, in your recent ones kind of caught, um, you know, it, it got a lot of views and, and was, it, it was, it was a very interesting video. Uh, what, what is that? Like Petrov, you mentioned there, like this guy apparently saved 250 million lives potentially, or even 2 billion if he had hit the flight. Like how close do you feel, you know, when you really, you, when you really look at the list, it's like, there's 11 times document. It's sort of like when you hear about crazy scandals or things like that, think about all the stuff and weird yeah. shit that happens that you don't know about. So like maybe there's 40, times or a hundred times like where there was a chance it could happen like even now look at like trump and look at what's going on or you know like what worries me is like a leader if someone gets so tilted or like an older leader that's so like such an like could literally just, like, lose it and be like you know fuck everyone and i'm old and i'm di- they diagnosed me of you know die uh uh some terminal illness and like you know you're gonna die and you're just like a real you know whatever you're like f everyone like something like that but like how how legitimately what percent chance do you feel based on that research and sort of seeing these things do you think that that was like there was literally the switch goes like what do you think the actual percent chance was like just off a whim like in all these cases well- yeah, so if we assume that there was like 11 near misses, then of course the question is, is like, well, what defines a near miss, yeah. right? Were those um, 100 or 10%? Or exactly, 50, exactly. 50, I mean, there's no way one was 50 50, but it sounds like it, it seems, was. yeah, I, I, I almost certainly they were not 50 50 because that'd be like, you know, the, under 1% chance that we would still be here. Um, yeah. So you've got to assume that realistically they were probably two to five percent but the thing is is that or, or less but even even if it's just a one percent chance of like full-blown nuclear war which would let's say wipe out half or even more of the world's population i mean in theory it could actually wipe out the entirety of the world's population which is an even bigger tragedy than if it wiped out 99 percent, because it means that like that's the end of consciousness in the entire universe quite possibly you know like sure there might be aliens but we don't know that and it would be like a, a tragedy on like and like orders of magnitude bigger scale than even if it wiped out 99%. And obviously 99% would be the most horrible, one of the most horrifying things imaginable anyway. So yeah. So if it's like 1% uh, even, then that's, what is that? That's, uh, you know, 70 million people um, on expectation each time that this like scenario runs, that's the cost of like actual on expectation lives. Um, Every time like one of these near misses happens. Um, And, you know, in reality, probably some of them are like one in a thousand and some of them were one in one in three, you know, we don't, it's really hard to quantify it. And there are people who have, you know, there, there are like, that's what future of humanity Institute do. And various other of these organizations are like hiring like, top top statisticians who could have been like a main you know like jungle man type you know s players probably because they're like that good at stats um but they're focusing on this stuff um to try and try and quantify these risks and yeah as you said like the main one of the main reasons i made this video is because i was like well just because 
you know, we've, yes, it's some evidence that we've made it through all these near misses that maybe there's, you know, it's, it, things are a little bit more robust. Our systems are more robust than we realize. But at the same time, we have more countries now that are nuclear powers than have ever been in the past, you know? So before it was like a more simple game theory problem when it was just Russia and the US. Right. Uh, that, that's like, kind of easier to like keep this this mutually assured destruction deterrence model so it's like an you know it's like a nash equilibrium right it's like mm-hmm. a it's, it's like a shitty dark game theory optimal well no, suboptimal right. but nash equilibrium um but the moment you start adding more and more players then that becomes more and more precarious and i mean that's what we're seeing um and and that's why it's so so important that we elect elect leaders who understand a game theory to an extent and b like how probabilities compound if you run scenarios enough and c understand like you know try and think about creative ways to create you know more cooperation and then like more disarmament basically and you know appreciate why treaties are so important and think of creative ways of like ensuring people listen to them so you know and that's kind of like the opposite of what we've been seeing in many different countries they've not been electing the type of people who have the right kind of sort of you know game theoretic mentality in order to like not run you know put the world at risk yeah, I saw that. I really like the analogy towards the end where you're talking about, you know, it's either like keep spending more and more money buying, building bigger, you know, more nukes that are going to end likely would could end the world with a couple clicks of a button or take chips off the table and like say, all right, we're going to de, you know, de take this down and make the stakes less severe and, and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, so that's interesting. I do want to, I do want to hit the coronavirus thing here. I didn't, I haven't seen this video yet, um, but I do, I do see the top seven worst coronavirus arguments. Where, where do you kind of stand again? Uh, this is like, we've been in coronavirus world now for a while. It's mm-hmm. it seems like it's flaring up again. Nothing really, you know, which obviously seemed obvious, right? That wasn't fixed, just sort of turned everything back on and whatever. It's a bit of a mess in my opinion. What, what's your stance? And also are you, are you driving with the mask on or walking? Like, are you, are you wearing masks? Are you taking it super seriously? Are you kind of like, this is F and where do you stand on that? And how's how is it? in your area particularly mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i think that was a pretty good summary of it where it's, it's a pretty fucked up situation so a pretty yeah. effed up situation you can bleep that if you want no, um, we're live everything goes here live whatever you do we're okay, fine. Yeah. everyone's adults i'm sure they can yeah. handle it um you know so in obviously in many ways it's it's just an awful situation because what it's showcased is how badly prepared the whole world, but certainly, I mean, especially, you know, rich Western countries who really have no excuse not to have been prepared for this have, uh, you know, just have not been, um, whether, you know, lack of protective equipment, shortages, like lack of even like a reasonable plan, lack of just like thought, like there was so much opportunity. Like I, I was worried about this in January. Now I, maybe I got a head start because I, I actually had to go to China to give a talk. So like, I was kind of aware of it more, but I was like, this is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, Igor and I flew back from the States in February and we wore, we wore masks then before, like, and we got the, like, everyone was staring at us. Like we were absolute lunatics. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that's how, to be fair. Like, that's how, when I've seen, you know, in general, I see a lot of people, you see people in Asia kind of wearing it as like a default. Like, I think that's what's going to be happening now for a long time everywhere. But it's like, that's why I was kind of in my head. I'm like, man, like, it's kind of weird. I mean, like, that's silly, you know? I mean, there was, a, there was like bunches of different, like, you know, f- systemic failures. I mean, it's easy to like blame a lot of it on Trump. I mean, Trump's done a lot of bad stuff, but like the World Health Organization, they handled it a 
appallingly. Right. Yeah, so crazy. badly. Like they, for whatever reasons, I have my personal suspicions because it's like they just wanted to not upset China, but they didn't sound the alarm even though they had all the information, it was like blaringly obvious to like anyone who's actually following it closely and like thought about statistics and the nature of exponential growth, that this was going to become a good problem, a big problem and it was not going to be contained. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, they just didn't sound the alarm soon enough. And then they didn't, you know, make simple recommendations about masks when it was like, so again, like you just like, you need to just look, you could see when like South Korea are getting it under control. Why not just pick up the phone and be like, Hey, could you guys just tell us what you did so we can copy that. And instead, you know, the UK was just as bad, like did not just didn't pay attention and be like, okay, look, this is what they're doing. They're not idiots. They're not going to shut down their economy for nothing. So maybe we should copy this. Um, and, but anyway, but the, all, but all that aside, like in terms of how I'm personally approaching it, like, you know, we're people of our age, we're young, we're fit and healthy. The, 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 the risk of death to us is extremely low. And I mean, by that it's like, probably like one in a thousand, you know, one in 500, one in a thousand, uh, might, maybe even higher actually, it might be like one in 10,000 if you caught it. Um, which, so, you know, that's not that bad, but what's more the reason why I'm being still like, I'm taking pretty much maximum precautions to avoid getting it is because we don't know what the long-term effects of, you know, if you have a like moderate to severe case, there's evidence that it can cause like severe lung damage, you know, or some kind of permanent lung damage, brain damage, like all this sort of stuff. So, you know, I, I'm taking the sort of approach that I, I'm, I think we're all likely to get it at some point, but I would much rather get it in like a year's time when, the medical community yeah it's all about the, there's more in whether there's a vaccine or no but like the the medical community has had more time to figure out the best ways of treating it you know right. so that to me it's, it's kind of just like a stalling technique and but at the same time like i appreciate i'm speaking very much from a position of luxury here because i i happen to have like a a job and a lifestyle that enables me to do that there are right. so many people who just cannot do that and and i have like it's it's heartbreaking to think about like the the awful decisions that people are having to make where they're like don't you know they'll either lose their jobs or go out and put themselves at risk or their families at risk it's it's so brutal and it's it's i wish it was a question i had an answer to like if we if the world did we would we would have fixed it but you know i i'm extremely concerned about the the economy um i think it's you know the employment rates are going through the roof and i like I don't see how this doesn't end up in some kind of depression um, yeah. without some kind of magic. And the, and the U.S. is printing money and like the stocks are you know shooting up a lot of places and it's it's just bizarre and stuff's like going to close back down and it's a, I mean it's a it's we live in a it's a bizarre time you know there's the the racial movements and you in the U.S. in particular there's just a lot of happening at once the elections are right now I mean it's just like I, I'm not familiar so much with the U.K. I know Brexit was a bit messy. Um, or what, I don't even know what's happened with that. And I guess Boris, he got, he got coronavirus and I don't know how, like how he's being, how it's being handled. Like, are, is, he, is he getting, pr- is he getting crushed for how it's been handled? Or are people sort of. Like- uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, partially deservingly so. Um, without getting into the like nitty yeah. gritty. But basically they, they, they had, they had, they, no, they just had like, they, in the, in the beginning they had a bad plan. Um, and then, uh, some very good scientists basically showed them 
look, this is a terrible idea. This is what's going to happen if you do that. And it, to the credit of the government, they immediately, upon that information, changed tactic entirely. The issue is, is that that tactic just came a little late. Um, and that meant that a bunch more people died than needed to. Um, and, but I mean, I would, I couldn't think of anything worse than being like, you know, a well-intended politician right now, because you just can't win. You're going to piss there's whatever you do, you're going to piss someone off. You're either going to piss off the people who um, think that you're not taking it seriously enough, yeah. like that no deaths are acceptable, or you're going to piss off the people who think it doesn't exist or it's overblown. Um, and I mean, and the other the other difficult thing is as well. It's like I'm I'm personally like constantly in a state of like uncertainty because while I I, I would. But if I had to bet money, I would bet money on the side that the virus is as big of a problem as the majority of like scientists and people say. There's still a chance that it is, it has been overblown in certain ways, or like it's misunderstood, or the fatality. Yeah, I mean, statistics are crazy. You know, too, right? Because yeah. like how many deaths there are versus how many cases. And like even my, I said, I think there was like 59,000 cases in the US the other day, but it's like now there's so much more testing. Also, a lot of people aren't getting tested. There's people that right. don't show signs that won't even get tested. So it's like you're, these numbers are just like, they're, they're, it's really hard to interpret yeah. the data. Like there's not exactly it's 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 false you know you need to you need positive. to be a professional statistician to try and yeah oh well on that on that I made a video on the false positives false negatives right thing um because mm. it's a really which one's that I got I want to watch that where's that uh it's the sensitivity specificity and the the third one the mm. that one yeah right. um but uh, yeah it's 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 so difficult to you know like the, the the information landscape right now is an absolute mess and it, there's just never before has has there been so much information available for us to look at and so you know you're and, and you know, everybody has a strong opinion and it's so hard to know which opinions are valid and 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 then on top of that there's like willful misinformation being put out there's not only people who are like well-intended but saying the wrong thing um you're a democrat then, democrat republican or like these issues in religion like either yeah you, you feel strongly one way or the other kind of right there's and then it, it's sort of uh it, it's very complex and there's there's uh people take strong right. stance and yeah, and I mean, with, with basically everything, more and more, I'm just moving into this like ambivalence of like, I don't know what the truth is. I don't know what reality is. I'm going to give things probabilities. Um, I'm not going to like anyone who's like, oh, this is, is this definitely caused by, you know, Trump did this or this is 100% caused by that. Like, if anyone is making these, these strong statements, I just discount them as mm -hmm. as being a fool um because no one really knows but that doesn't mean that you can't still give things probability distributions and and give things like greater likelihoods or not you know like i still think it's most likely that um the you know the mainstream opinion from scientists that it came from like bats uh you know naturally occurring i think is most likely but there's still a chance uh, and i would give it like 20 percent that it was some kind of at least human, partially, you know, man-made thing. I we don't know. The point is, is well. um, yeah, how? Because this to me is almost more scary. Like you talk about nuclear war and like technology now, and different countries having capabilities and whatnot. Like the fact that, like to me, this is so scary because whether it was bad or human created, if you really look at how this goes, like if if you were 
had ill will and you were a group, a terror, some kind of bad group or wanted to really cause havoc. This seems like such a difficult thing to, to control or, or do, because like, if you could come up with a, a, a virus, you know, it doesn't take much. You, you transfer it over in a little jar, you do whatever, bring it over, spread it, get it in areas like, you know, like it could have much worse effects, right? Like this, like this virus is so scary too, because okay, it affects old people, more sickly people, but what if it affected babies? What if it affected, uh, you know, the, the parameters right. of this, this, whatever, this is- like, could, like, come up with a virus that's like deadly to infant you know like who knows what it could be or mutate right. and whatnot and like what if someone could make you know and they like start thinking well yeah we can't do this but what if we do this and there's no way to detect it or stop it or you could really spread so like that type of stuff seems very scary to me as well i mean I, i'm sure you've thought like you seem to think about a lot of theories and stuff and and, and like yeah stuff that that to me is very it seems and like I think you're, right, you're, you're absolutely right to, to be very concerned about that. Um, so that is one of a number of growing sort of globally potentially catastrophic risks that are, would be human, human created and are a result of like emerging technology, basically, because, yeah, as you said, like in some ways, COVID is not that bad because while it's extremely infectious, the fatality rate is fortunately, you know, comparatively low to say something like SARS or MERS. Um, you know, its fatality rate is going to be under 1%, um, probably somewhere around 0.5%, I would guess. Um, whereas, you know, if it had had a fatality rate of 20%, 30%, which a genetically engineered or, you know, an artificially created virus with that intent to, to kill the most people could easily have. Um, I mean, it's just like a, cat- a catastrophe of, orders of magnitude bigger um and and you're absolutely right that like technology to do to make these things will become cheaper and easier to do and therefore more ubiquitous and it's a problem that unfortunately very few people are actually thinking and talking about um there are people who are working on it like a a good friend of mine her entire job she's she's a researcher at the university of oxford her entire job is looking into like the risks of potentially man-made pandemics, but it's a, you know, it's a very dark job because it's her job to like think about these horrible scenarios and try and think of ways to prevent them. Um, it's kind of now, too, too, right? It's like you, you, uh, you want to talk like people, maybe they're thinking about well, it. Perhaps, and don't talk yeah. about it. You don't really want to like, bring attention to it. Do you have any ideas? I even feel weird talking about it on this, honestly. Um, yeah. But it's, I think it's fine. Um, but yes, like this idea of information hazards is a very real thing. Um, and that's one of the things, like one of our main goals with Reg was to like raise awareness of this kind of stuff and be like, there are people who are, you know, because poker players get it. Like poker players have seen one out has happened, you know? Like most people, when they hear it, it's like, oh, it's a 2% chance. Well, that's fine. It's like, yeah, but poker players like, yeah, but. happens 2% of the time. And when it does, it really sucks. Um, And so, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunately just still a like remarkably neglected area, especially when you can compare to like other things, you know, there are so many worthy causes in the world um, that, that, that we've been, you know, seeing, you know, police brutality, horrifying, very, very bad, needs to be fixed. But, is it as big of a problem as a potential man-made pandemic being released that kills half the world's population within the next five years, which is a potential risk? Um, it's not a huge risk, but if you, you know, if you extrapolate that over five, 10, 20 years, now the risk gets much, much bigger. Um, you know, like, and, and the fact that this gets like a fraction of the funding that say current sort of movements, that, you know, political yeah. movements that are going on, you know, outrage 
that people are understandably upset about is is a it, to me the biggest tragedy of all because it's like uh, while our attention you know the people have limited attention spans people have limited outrage and people have limited money with which they can donate and try and fix things and if they're everybody is focusing on a comparatively much smaller issue to this big thing that's just like sitting here and because it's like kind of creepy or like not emotional you know you can't see anyone dying of this non-existent virus yet people don't think that they need to do anything about it but right. that's insanity to me right. so it's also you start really you talk about virus you talk about these other things i mean at some point you know the world's amazing life's amazing i think we're in the matrix anyway that's a whole nother topic i'd love to hear your uh, uh your thoughts on this but like it's just like it, it's kind of wild there's so many different things that are you know, as the world gets more technology and po- like more information and more possibilities, everything just sort of seems to get magnified, right? There's more like it doesn't take much. There's eight billion people almost or whatnot, and it's like you know the right people, the wrong people have the right things or the, the wrong intention or wrong motive, and it's it, yeah. We I don't I don't live I, I I I'm happy we talk about it. I'm happy we got we spoke about the uh, you know your YouTube channel, but alone like we get, we can literally do probably on each of these topics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> an hour better too so you guys got to check out her, her youtube channel and and more content uh, looks like you're pretty consistent you've been putting out some stuff now uh and firing up and i know you, it, i like it it's very interesting and Thank i'm you. glad to see you doing that subscribe um, we got uh, yes subscribe hit that you know hit that button get in there we we have even the reg charity i do want to talk about that then i want to take some questions because we're already late it's late where you are it is very late and there's a lot of questions Fine, actually. I'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling perky so it's, it's, all right it's good. good i'm gonna i'm I'm, listen, I'm not gonna quit you so how about that you're gonna have to you got to send me some sort of signal when you're all ready right. to start winding it down but let's uh, let's talk about reg Charity, because I know you are one of the founding you know, members are very influential, impactful. You, Igor, uh, Phil Gruesome, there's there's a ton of others I've, I've given to this charity. I know you guys know what you're doing. There's been, you know, you guys have raised a ridiculous amount of, of money and awareness. Tell me a little bit how this came to light and uh, just, yeah, what is reg to you? What, is it, what does it really mean and where is it at currently? Because I'll be honest, I'm not as informed, up-to-date speed on uh-huh. the, with, you know, usually it's very prevalent at live tournaments, people wearing patches. You see right, stuff right. and like obviously the main event winner um mr jacobson there who won and gave gave a large number you and igor win a bracelet give half so you know these type of things you hear about but on a day-to-day is this something that's getting steam is there more and more people getting involved is the money coming in is it in a good state um yeah so questions Liv, i'm gonna ask you 30 questions every and then let you just go for it i'm just gonna answer yes to yeah it's good things are good um so it started because we got introduced to some effective altruists. These are philosophy professors or researchers um, from who are in Switzerland who just basically explained, like basically the concepts I just explained to you about like, we need more probably, you know, probabilistic thinking and um, almost more like a, like, yeah, just like a scientific mindset applied to philanthropy and the vast majority of philanthropy is basically all given, is all done sort of from like emotion and like heart-based decisions, um, which while nice is not always the most optimal way when you're dealing with really complex topics of like how to decide which problems are worse than others. Um, and we need more people like using using science to figure this out. So uh, they thought that poker players would 
understand these concepts better than like most most communities um and suggested we try you know create some kind of fundraising movement for um the the best the best rated charities so that's all it really was and then it just like the support was overwhelming and over you know it's now been six years actually since we since we founded it um it's it's raised a fuck ton it's been it's been really cool um to Explain to me about like the money break because I think that's one of the biggest things is is what I, the name it's, it's entailing the name the name that it the actual money goes to the causes because is that true that in a lot of these these uh you know I don't know United Way or big major charities there's there's a lot of salaries there's a lot of costs like the actual let's say you give a dollar what percent makes it to charities and is that is that one of the, the big principles here that the money gets gets uh the a vast majority gets donated can you maybe give me a little bit of an example sure. of, of how this is versus others yeah so that's a metric so what you're talking about is like the efficiency so say you know you date you donate a thousand dollars to charity a what percentage of that is spent on for example you know salaries or or marketing or the the charity's offices and what percent actually goes to whatever the intended recipient is you know and and it depends obviously what the charity does um so that's efficiency but that's like only like part of the story because what's actually more important is this idea of effectiveness so if your goal is to save lives let's say and charity a um saves with if you gave a thousand dollars to it it would save one life or actually let's do a hundred thousand dollars you gave it a hundred thousand dollars to charity a and that would save um 10 lives but charity b if you gave a hundred thousand dollars to would only save one life then it seems pretty obvious you'd want to give to charity a but if charity a was actually only let's say 10 percent efficient where actually 90 percent of that money was spent on like necessary you know research or overheads and so on but it still ends up saving 10 times as many lives as the other one right then that's actually a better thing so that's why efficiency can be important but what's the bigger question is how effective it is how many lives it saves per dollar received and so that's that's a more that's ultimately the more important metric um and so basically like that's what that's what you're trying to figure out it's like what which charities save you know save the most lives per donation received um you know if 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 a charity is the most you know incredible but has to by necessity hire some specific incredible researcher who demands a $500,000 salary. Who cares? Like if it ends up saving more lives than any other organization doing it, like good, like let that person be, you know, receive a great salary. Um, Now, as it it happens for reg, reg takes 0%. Like the, it's extremely cheap to run. Basically there's like one guy who runs the website and helps, helps the, the donors basically make sure they donate the money to the charities. So that was funded basically by, us um and that which was great because it meant that like we didn't ever have to be like oh well only 95 percent goes to the charities no 100 percent goes um that and so yeah that's how it works very very cool so you and but did you and you so i saw we saw here some of the actually it's uh 
where's the team here so you're you're on there you and there's igor i i, we got, I think you were already dating maybe at the time but i remember you guys been yeah. involved with this for a long time and then mr gruesome of course so it's a great team here you got some people helping uh, yeah. some, some people that have that have uh, been active and there's so many others that i've, I've given in, in a big form or other ways uh is that is that something though that was uh the name like how did you come in the name's great right it's effectively raising the most effective like how did that come up just sort of well because it's all about effectiveness it's all about maximum bang for buck the most the most good you can do per your dollar that, that you've given and that's and that's what it's about it's like drawing upon all the best research to figure out what are the best places to give to um and like that's actually a really hard question to to answer because you know there's there's the question of like okay, there are some charities which we know will directly save, you know, like Against Valeria Foundation will save one life on average for about $3,000, like just pretty much guaranteed um, as, uh, or at least on expectation is, is very well uh, established number. But then there's other possible things like, for example, you know, synthetic biology risk of, you know, some manufactured pandemic. Now you're having to do a more like vague expected value calculation about, okay, so most of the time this isn't going to be a problem in the next 10 years let's say so you know 90 99% of the time there aren't any deaths but 1% of the time let's say there's going to be 5 billion deaths well you do that calculation and actually that's it's actually much cheaper to save a life you know maybe like you'll be saving a life with 500 bucks uh, you know or something like that so it's really hard to nail this down and then it comes into it gets into like almost like philosophical questions of like what do you value more lives right now or a life is a life in five years time that's going to die less meaningful and less valuable than a, a life right you know two lives right now or, or you know what's what's it's all about trade-offs basically and that can ultimately it comes down to it's a very personal decision of like what your trade-off is that you would rather value some people value you know animals I mean, I think everyone likes animals and cares yeah. and doesn't want to see animals suffering. But for some people, you know, they think a human life is worth a thousand or 10,000 dogs, let's say. And for someone else, it might be a billion, you know. And so but the point is, is that giving people this information enables them to at least make an informed decision. And that's yeah. the problem we mostly have in philanthropy is that people aren't even making informed decisions. They're just like, well, I don't know. I'll give there because that, they had the most upsetting commercial on TV. Right. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a great point. It really is. It's, I know from my experience with you guys and hearing it and understanding it, what you guys do uh, and what you've done, it's really cool. It's great to see that it's, it's doing well. And, and, uh, that's that's it's got to feel good too because i think that's one of the things in poker that i can speak for myself and i imagine you feel the same and hence why you may be so involved with this charity is it's one of it's a zero-sum game and you know I w would you say it's fair to make the argument that people say oh poker it's like you know you're playing i mean so stocks are zero-sum right there's a lot of things that are competitive or you're winning money or whatnot or or you know but the, the, Go ahead. Yes, stocks aren't strictly zero sum because there's usually value being made when you invest in companies. If you're investing, it's like if you're investing in like you know arms arms dealers, you know companies, then then not so good. But like you're investing in like a good company that you believe is adding value to the world, then is even though you're like technically winning from someone else making a bad sale, there's additional value, so it's still a bit more positive sum. But yeah, you're right. Poker is like basically zero sum.
as but, it gets. So in terms of poker, let's just take that example. Do you think it's fair? Because I think sometimes people have, I've heard people say, I struggle that uh, if I play for a living, it's not, I'm not really giving anything back. I want to give something back. But in reality, how I look at it and tell me where you come from this is if you are able to make a living doing say it's poker or whatever you you would be doing that you could argue there's a lot of things that aren't directly really overall beneficial for the world or what you're providing but if you're able to have time effort and do extra and, and you're able to use your time uh or or it's like saying reg is, is that would you say that's an argument that you could if, you, if you're able to free up time and, and use your time effectively to give or do better for the world is that a way of saying like i'm i'm doing something good for the world even though i played poker professionally i mean is that does that does that i'm sorry I, did. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean it was definitely a a in the one of many incentivizing factors for us to create it. I mean, at least for me, I can't speak for the others, but, um, you know, I didn't want my gravestone to say she, she won a lot of four bet pots and that would, you know, that'd be it. No, I want to add value to the world in some way. And I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, poker is probably all in all a a slight net negative to the world, but it's really close because there's like many rationality lessons, which are extremely valuable. And actually, Thinking about it, the, the poker community, certainly over the last 10 years, has like done so much good. I mean, I appreciate I'm probably speaking from bias here because of like my belief of how impactful reg, the money that's been raised through reg is. But like that is money purely that's come from the poker world that would not have come elsewhere. And it, it like it, it, it's so huge. So actually, yeah, no, I, I retract that original statement. I think I think poker has been net, net positive, but there's a lot of net, net there's a lot of negatives that are associated with it uh, yeah. that suboptimal. But there's like you know like as well, it, you can't just say it's purely zero sum because there's like there's entertainment value that's created. No, for well. sure. I, like, I mean, I don't agree with that. I'm saying that's a statement that you know you could you could support. I guess right. by, you could argue it, but I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's right. It's also yeah. you know people you've met. Did you get things you've been able to do or, or help in other ways? But so I'm curious on that. Now let's let's talk website. Live. There's not many poker players. You are semi-retired or retired now, but you've got a very nice website. I would say there's a handful, only a handful of poker players um, that have like a well put together, very nicely done. By the way, I don't know who is this. A I just I just I, I just had it rebuilt because my old one was a bit crap, and he's nice. done a really good job. I'm, I'm very pleased with it. When we finally locked in a podcast, you said I'm not going live without without a uh, a good website. Well, you got it. You got it. Yeah. It's very, very nice. What, uh, what is, um, do you feel, is, is it fair to say within poker, the community, do you think you're more organized, like more of like a business, more of a, more of a, more of your head on, uh, a, cause a lot of poker players are sort of fundamentally lazy as a stereotype or, or just sort of one, one dimensional with poker. And again, not necessarily people we know or people that we associate with. Cause I feel like we know a lot of very motivated driven people, but you know, for yourself uh, it's not normal. There's, there's maybe like a, I'd say it's less than a quarter of a percent of people that play professionally or maybe 0.1 that have a website. Uh, wh- what kind of got you into doing these other things? You speak with Ted, like wh- where did your motivation and, and sort of drive come to, to, to build other things outside of poker when you're doing very well and successful within poker itself? Um, I mean, I've, I don't know, really. I've just, you don't always. sit still. I, mean, I, I, always, I, don't, I don't put you aside no. like complacent. You like to like go to the next thing. You always seem like you're busy learning, I'm, going, traveling, doing things. So where, where, where do you get that adventurous spirit from? Ah, uh, good question. I don't know. I've, I mean, I think it's just been largely part of my personality since quite a young age. But um, I, I mean, I was like pathologically competitive growing up. Um, and especially like I just had to be the best at everything. I was like unbearably so. Um, and 
you know, really to, to an un unhealthy level. Um, and I think that was what I, one of the reasons I love poker so much, honestly, when I, when I first got into it, um, I've become less like adversarial in my, in like my competitive outlets as I've gotten older, but, um, it's still there. And I just think, I think I just have a, I don't know. I, it just, it, it's just something, it's just, my personality type i don't i can't say there's like any been like any events that have like right. made me i I'm just what like what about brothers and sisters do you have brothers and sisters i grew up actually pretty much an only child i have a half sister but i didn't really know her growing up um and then i had step siblings like later on but from like to the age of 12 i was effectively an only child um and i think maybe that had some kind of influence. I was like quite a loner because I, I, I lived in the middle of the country and had no, um, like there were no real other friends around. So I just was like, my friends were the animals. I lived on a farm with lots of animals and like that was my entertainment. So I don't know. <laughs> very, very interesting. Okay. I don't think uh, you can uh, analyze that. And, and let's, let's look over here to the, cause I'm, I'm fascinated. I've been to Ted. I see, you know, here you've done speeches. I've seen you were doing a couple different ones. And I mean, these are very, uh, you know, Ted's no joke. I've been to it. It's it's intense. It's exciting. It's a lot of the greatest leading minds and, and topics in the world. What was that like for you who loves this stuff, physics and this type of stuff and, and doing oh, it was I mean, amazing. What, what was this experience like? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, so, I mean, I did the first, the TEDx like two, three months before the main TED. Um, I didn't know I was going to do the main TED. I found out like I got invited, um, you know, fairly, fairly late. Um, the TEDx was so terrifying because I had like, I made the decision to do that and had plenty of time to prepare, but I still just like, I couldn't decide what I was talking about literally until like eight days before. And it was just one of the most stressful weeks of my life. Igor still hasn't like forgiven me for it. Basically. I was just a nightmare of just like complete meltdown. Um, it's like studying for a test. It's almost like procrastinating type, right? Like you're like, yeah, wanted, you're like oh, you know you want to do something you're ready to do it. And then you just kind of don't know and, yeah, like, you get it, there and you're ready and just crush it. But you're like, well, yeah, but about like everything, the whole thing, you're thinking about you, stuff like, yeah. Oh, what if the mic goes out or, you know, you're just, oh, like, that's not what I, no, I was more worried about like, what if I just don't have anything to say? I forget what yeah. I want to say. I throw up on stage. Like all of these possibilities were, were, were options um but i did not puke on stage despite thinking i would um and got through it so that was a tedx and i think the content of my tedx is actually better than my ted um a because you just had more space and time but it, i just like went into more like more depth um but then the ted the main the like the real big main stage ted thing was um three months later and so that was that was just more fun because i already knew that i could do it at this point, even though I knew it was actually much higher stakes. Cause like my main goal, when I, when I found out I was doing that, I was like, okay, I have to do it well enough so that they put it on the website. Cause if they put it on the website, you get like, you can get millions of views. Um, and I mean, the talk has had like over 3 million views now. I can't believe and, and when they, when they invite you to Ted, so you're saying it wasn't like they said, we want you to come talk about poker. This, they just said, come to Ted and then you figure out what you're talking about or it wasn't a directed subject. Um, no, I mean, they, I, they asked me what I wanted to talk about and I basically, I showed them, I think I showed them the TEDx and they were like, Oh, this is, this is good stuff. We've never had like anything like this before. So try and modify this. It was a, it was a specific format they were doing for my session, which was like six minutes maximum. And it was self-advancing slides. So you couldn't have a clicker. So you had to time it perfectly. And honestly, it wasn't like giving a talk. It was more like giving some kind of like state theater performance mm. uh, where you just learn 
you write, you script it out and you literally learn it word for word. And, and, and you like rehearse it to the point that it's like, you know, the words to happy birthday. Um, so it, it wasn't like, an, and you know, I give talks now where it's just like, I'll have my notes and vague ideas of what I want to say and my slides and just like freewheel it. Um, but this was just like, it was just like, yeah, did, like did Shakespearean you, dialogue, basically. Had you had you done any public speaking or court coaching? Did I, I want to say I remember you getting some. Maybe I'm mixing this up, but I thought you did some sort of. I, uh, I did. I, I hired a coach for. I had to give a talk like for three, four years prior to at an event talking about rag actually. And so I hired, a, Igor hired me a coach because I was having another meltdown. Um, so let's just get you some professional help with this. And it, it was really helpful. He, basically, he, you know, the most successful talks typically are like story driven as much as possible. Right. Um, that would be my advice I'd give to anyone who's like, has to give a talk. Mm-hmm. It's just like, break it up with stories as much as possible to inlay, like insert some like emotion and human element, whether it's a happy story, sad story, doesn't matter. Just like stories people love. Um, yeah, yeah. And particularly if you're talking about something like poker, which is a bit dry often, you know, throw the stories in and people love mm-hmm. it. So um, that was helpful. And then just, yeah, I'd just given a few. I did this one at Oxford Union, which was just, I can't believe that's on the internet. And it's had like 400,000 views. And it's like one of my least favorite talks I did. It was going so. saying, oh, she spoke at Oxford. Look at it. People remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm mortified. I can't watch it. Um, even though the content's actually pretty good, it just, my delivery was so bad because I, I was just like, I hadn't repaired properly. And it was awkward uh is long story i mean people can watch it but but put it this way i like five minutes into the talk i was like oh my god i can't believe i have to stand up here for 45 minutes and do this i might just pretend i'm having a heart attack so that I, this can end and that was yeah. that was before ted or that was that was after? Yeah, like two years before ted or okay. like so now you're now you're a pro if you what's the rate what's your what's your what do you do for uh you know there's cameo there's different things what's your what's your speaking rate there do you just enjoy speaking like would you would that be uh, something that would be interesting to you would you do like if someone said hey come speak to our our uh business and and like does that i mean i don't really know that so that would be something you'd be open to doing that is literally what I do at the moment. That's like what well, at least I was before coronavirus. That was like my my main source of income now is is giving like I talks That's to cool. banks, banks, you know, in, insurance companies, you know, basically corporate corporate clients who are looking for like some kind of motivational keynote speaker. Um, that's what I now do. Um, Very cool. Still get nervous. It's interesting. Like I've now given like twenty or so of these, and like mm-hmm. large sort of the same material and yet I still get nervous and like it's, it's really interesting like I just have some days I just like I'm like in the zone and like fun and flowy mm. and like having a conversation like this kind of and then other times I like I'm always like awkward and autistic and can't yeah well it's also it's like you just don't know it's more about the audience it's sort of like a comedian you know if you have good stuff or you know you can deliver you like get up there and get in the rhythm but you just don't know if it's like gonna click or maybe like the group doesn't get it or they just like you, right. you could just sort of brick even though you're on and like the energy's not right and they're like what are you talking about or or it's like the most interesting thing and that's something i find you know when i go to if i'm at dinners or places and groups and i end up talking to people you know i always like talking to other people because I, I talk 
kind of for a living with either podcasts or Twitch and I'm always talking, but I love listening to other people and kind of seeing what they're doing or hear like what's going on in their life. But I find a lot of times, like I would imagine for you, especially the like female, Oh yeah, I play poker for a living. I've won millions of dollars in the tournaments. Like people are fascinated by poker because it, or, or it's just so different. You know, it's like not your typical, like I'm a, law, a doctor, a lawyer, a real estate, but no, I played poker professionally and traveled the world oh, and sponsored. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, so, you know, it's, it ends up being sort of, you're the fascinating, you know, you'll be in a group of successful people and like, everyone wants to know like oh wait really because like when you say i'm a professional poker player kind of you know 97 percent, not taking anything away look it's great poker's amazing but like the majority of people aren't sponsored or traveled the world or played in the biggest tournaments right so it's kind of like do you, do you feel that way though do you feel like people once they kind of talk to you and they're like oh that's like really like interesting uh, yeah i mean the, the like social capital it's given me is insane right. like i i've <laughs> Put it this way: I've, I've managed, like, been able to meet and befriend people who I would never dreamt. Of. Well, I, I dreamt of meeting like heroes, and yeah. they they wanted to talk because of poet. Like, they were like, "That's yeah. so interesting. Tell it's, me more." It, it's, uh, it's it's crazy. It really is. Hey, what, what do you think about Branson, SpaceX, all this stuff? Are you are you like is Branson? Because Branson is UK guy, but I've heard like, is he like a hero in UK or people like? What's his like a perceived other like overall? Uh, I or is he like uh, – because I've heard different things, but, like, obviously, he's, you know, he's a mogul. I mean, he's done Virgin and he's right. done huge shit. Um, like. He doesn't have I, – I, he's not that particularly loved in the UK because he's, like – I mean, he doesn't live here. He's – you know, he moved to the Virgin Islands and – Yeah. Um, I mean, I met him a couple of times. I thought he was really lovely. Um, yeah, me too. Really, Yeah, right. And, and um, yeah, so I don't know. But at the same time, like, I, I get it, like – it, when you see someone like living on a private island, it's people find it you know upsetting and grotesque, and and, and I totally understand. But um, I think he's definitely been. Um, I think he's a net positive force for the world. You know, he's. Well, I'm asking about him specifically more with the space program too, right? He's doing some like. Oh, yeah, he's doing. He's doing Virgin Galactic. I haven't been following them that closely. Um, I mean, go into space. If you could go on that ride, would you do it? Fuck yes! As long as yeah. I know. It's- above a certain threshold of safety yeah like it's that shocks me i you couldn't pay me all the money in the world to do it i guess that's just you know, was, no i wouldn't if you told me like, he, like he, he's, doing, he's doing the ultimate advertisement though i believe he is or is well, he's putting like his entire family on the first flight or something which is like a pretty bold statement i believe if i heard that right like kind of like yeah. all right you know i mean um, I, I i i'm not that confident that that Virgin Galactic specifically will be doing space flight within even the next five years. I, I don't know. They seem to be sort of held up with just more and more problems. But you know, whereas like obviously something like SpaceX has provably been extremely successful um, and is you know has now sent people. But they're they're like a different you know Virgin Galactic are trying to do sort of space tourism. Um, and it's like only barely going into space. Like the, right. it's, it's not even really a rocket. It's more like a plane that goes up like very, very high. And like flying in Antarctica for a day just to cross off. Oh, I've been to all the continents. But oh. yeah, sort of like I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go for just a day. I would like, like to go and spend like a week on Antarctica. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what I'm saying though. It's almost like check it off the bucket list. Like, yeah, at some point, it's like, oh yeah, I've been in space, and like, you know, it's kind of, kind of gangster. I mean, I just, I just like, I just want to. You, you should read the like the the accounts the the first hand accounts that astronauts have of like the the like beyond you know i'm not a religious person right but the spiritual mm-hmm. experience the peak 
unifying universal spiritual experience, whatever you want to call it, godlike religious experience that people have, they say, when they see the earth from space for the first time, just like better than any trip, any peak experience you might have a Burning Man. It's, yeah. it's like it's just like nothing on earth, literally. And and I want that. I want that very badly. So yeah, I, I, it's funny because Antonio, we uh, we were there last year for Bill's fiftieth birthday, and he you know was on his thing, and he was there, and I have a video of it, and Antonio posted on his Instagram, but it was Richard. He was like doing a magic trick, and he was uh, he was a. Uh, he would like he was literally Antonio finished the trick and he said I was gonna I was he said there's no way and he was gonna give him a free a trip into space he said if that's the card or whatever right like I see had not seen magic or I mean obviously it's not like he's not doing like you know crazy crazy trick but like he did something he was gonna give him a free a, a trip into space he said if he had waited another second or two and Antonio wanted to go so bad he was so tilted he's expensive uh, it's like two hundred and fifty k or something or, and um, it's just okay you have to give now with unknown and maybe if it go or works or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah yeah so anyway I, i'm curious all right that's good to know so you're ready to you're ready to go you're, you're skydiving i'm sure you've done it and you're flying planes and you're, you're like, no i've we were meant to go skydiving uh years ago and then it got canceled because it got too windy and then we just i, I would, I would have bet a lot you would skydive yeah. all right fair enough maybe you should do that yeah. before you fly into space but we'll uh one thing at a time what, what tell me yeah. what burning man is for you i can't not we can't not do a podcast and talk about burning man would you was your first year the same year we went was it 2014 so, yeah. 2014 yeah yeah that was that was pretty electric uh what, what are are you you missed a year or two i believe or where do you fall on the burning man what would you been every single year but i we we were in a different camp uh this past year okay um, so you've been so this is this is now covid it's not it's not going on right now but like what is that experience give give a few words about burning man for those that don't know what that is how would you how highly would you recommend that on bucket list or just something that you should would you recommend to everyone pretty much or i mean not everybody i don't think it fits for everyone's personality but mm-hmm. like 90 percent of people or i don't know certainly 90 percent of people i know i would recommend it as like a straight up 10 out of 10 for them to go and it's like a must experience it's just like again it it's the closest thing to a spiritual uh, offering that one one could you know even like a, a staunch atheist could you know, it, it, I don't believe in magic, but Burning Man has magic. There's, there's this like something. There's this really something intangible, like that you can't. Yeah, it's it's really hard to describe. But I, I, I got a friend of mine to go who was very resistant, and the way I got him there, you know, he's like, uh, he's a technologist, and he's trying to like build some, you know, try, trying to help make the world a better place. And I was like, the reason why it's so important for you to go is because it's the closest thing to utopia I've ever seen. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it's, it's like the closest, I think it's the closest example of a utopia that we would want to build at some point. It's, it's wow. like a post scarcity environment where humans are free to actually live out the, their best selves. Um, and you get to see like the best side of human nature. Um, that I've seen anyway. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I heard there's a rumor. Well, no, not a rumor. I've heard that there's a city being built like in, I'm going to blow it where somewhere in South America, like a maybe Panama or some like burning man. I might even be Guy who's doing it or they're building like a burning man uh, city, like a, like to live full time or something cool like that. Uh, I heard it recently um, from someone incredible. I know it is. 
I can't even. I, I'm. I shouldn't need to. I honestly don't even know who Tolman. I don't even know what day it is. Honestly, I don't know what day it is right now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just. Well, it's, it's ground. It's Groundhog Day. At least yes. for me, it's like actual Groundhog Day every day. This is this is so nice. It's like oh, like. A, a, a new a new face a new conversation it's- yeah right <laughs> See, i forget how to socialize a little bit for sure um i i, I will just i want to point out this is the, this is 2014 burning man this is where i met my now wife amelia actually on the playa i remember, you I remember. yeah i met you yeah. came up to us and you were like guys i just met my wife my future wife I'm like what okay yeah. all right jeff I mean, yeah, she, i'm sure she's you know i'm sure she's great i'm sure you'll be together forever and he's like no 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 you don't understand like i actually do like uh-huh and then no, you're right. Yeah, you we got a we got a 14 month yeah. old son to prove it, a little uh, Bernie, yeah. Bernie man baby. So anyway, yeah, love happens. Pie loves real. Uh, I do want to ask you quickly before we go, let's get in, we're gonna have to go into questions, Lib. I can't, I, I can't, yeah. even though we could, unless you fire up a pot of coffee, I'm not keeping you till 4 a.m. I mean, this is it could get insane because we got like a hundred questions. We'll try to take right. them. The last thing I want to cover. Jake Abdallah has asked a very important question. You have to ask that one. Who is that? Jake Abdallah. Oh, in the in the in the Twitter. Yeah, no, in the in the chats here on the um, what is it? What's I, I don't know. I don't even know what this is. Jake, Jake Abdallah. Um, where is I don't it? See it. Is it in the chat? One of the questions. On yeah, the- it's in the chat here on the on the stream. Physics not on YouTube. Uh, to, where, where is it? Was it up? His name's Jake in the chat. Oh, there Jake. it is. Horse-sized duck or hundred-sized duck horses? Hundred duck-sized horses. Hundred duck-sized um, horses. That's very oh as pets oh I thought the question was whether you know fighting which would win um ooh hundred duck sized horses yeah well wow. you know Jake this seems like a, a complex question it seems very deep this I don't even I'm trying to I, I, that just tripped me out I was trying to think about it Jake, I don't know. Jake is one of my favorite follows on Twitter by the way oh yeah within the poker, within the poker community yeah recommend. Awesome. Well, hello, Jake. That's uh, you got got called out there for a specific question. I'm going to think about that question later. I'm not even sure. It seems like it's powerful. I I, I don't trying to trying to visualize what that what that means, but it's it's we got a lot of questions. We want to save time. I do want to ask you about uh, children and relationships. So, you and Igor, six years. Would you like to have kids? Is this is that something like? Because I remember very vividly. I remember in the Bahamas at a private game years ago, and I before I had a baby or anything, we were talking. Maybe we were like, oh, we we're talking about babies, and you're like, I, I, I think you know, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but you're kind of like saying roughly like, ah, we haven't really, you know, this time of the world, it's crazy. And this is like, no, world is fairly normal, in my opinion, at this time. And it's gotten even more wild. But do you have a, what do you think about um, the, the possibility of being a mother one day? Is that something you'd like to be? Do you think you will be? I, so my probability is of, of uh, Igor, my probability of having kids is going up with time. Um, despite the fact that the world is getting crazier and, and, I, and, and I am, can't say I'm especially optimistic, uh, still think it's, it's a, you know, I, I had this like weird, almost like antinatalist type of, you know, I thought, Oh, there's, you know, there's too much pressure on the environment to like, what, you know, is it, it's, it's almost like wrong for me to have kids. I've like surpassed this like biological imperative, you know, I, I, I like, I'm not going to be a slave to evolution, yada, yada, yada. Um, and having had, just conversations with very reasonable people who are far smarter than me who are like, no, you two need to have children. Um, and so it's now a, you know, I, I now get, I, I get what they, you know, where they're coming from. Sorry, I'm not explaining it very well. Basically it's a, it's a very long, hard thing to answer. Um, we will, if I was to bet, oh man, this is a big question. 
it's a slight favorite that we will. Um, yeah, it's a slight favorite that we will. I, I would just say my two, my sense, or my thought on that too is just like, in, in general, it's sort of like if you with the things you want to do or change or be a part of the world. There's really you can put a message on, you can do whatever. But if you you know raise a human. Uh, the way you kind of want or, or it can kind of help guide or shape or even as you get older sort of pass down your your mission or your your beliefs and stuff i just feel like there's no you know there's nothing like family right it's like you could have a thing and motivate a lot of people and spread good information but to have someone that you could sort of i don't want to say mold but like really really build or, or help shape or teach and learn i just feel like that's like a, a well, it's just know, the question like opportunity cost that's that's what i'm trying trying to see it as for like, sure yeah, i get that it's very very important to do that and the question is is just like how much you know from is it fair i have to just try and evaluate what my expected positive impact is on the world and that's very hard to do and i probably would overvalue it anyway um and is if it's you know if, if it ends up that i then like i don't know how i would be if i now have a kid maybe i just don't want to do any of that stuff anymore and only focus on the kid now like and 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 you know like my my brain you know through hormones whatever like will just purely focus on this and yes that's very important to to like to give that kid the best life i can but does that mean that i then at, you know, at what cost? I don't know. So it's it's just that's what that's the trying the calculation I'm trying to do here. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, but maybe it's a, you know, maybe I'm net negative for the world in the messages I'm trying to get. I, that's possible too. In which case, it's probably the best thing that I just focus on doing that. You know, it's, it's, it's actually when you word it like that, it's actually very. I will say this: I've got a, my son's 14 months, and you know, I, I do podcasts, I do Twitch, I do a lot of various different things, and you know, try to play some poker still and whatnot. But it's it's very true it's complicated because like it, it really does change things. And then it's like a matter of, well, you want to be a good parent. You want to be present. You want to, you know, enjoy it and be with them. But then you also want to do things you're passionate about and do other things. So I, I find it very, and like, as we mentioned time, it's ultimate currency. I mean, it's a, it's a commodity. It's like, it's very tricky. Cause when you start breaking down, well, should I go do this instead of being with my, my child for that day or this hour, when you really start like thinking like that, it gets a little bit kind of wild too. Cause then you're kind of like, well, does it matter if I do, this now is that really going to matter would i rather have watched you know ben and give my son a bath than be on a call you know or like be with him right. and, and so it's like yeah. that, that stuff i'm i'm in a weird spot myself because like there's days or there's a week or i'll travel or something but you know pre-covid it's like you start wondering and start balancing and weighing it it's, it's a bit it's a bit intense you know it really is uh bill perkins who i know you know very well it's one of my best friends and got this book die with zero i'm sure you've seen a little bit of that or talking about it and and, and yeah. doing science it's very interesting how bill thinks about the world and stuff but what he explained to me um which i agree with is like phases it's like you know you were growing up you were in high school you're in middle school or preschool you had your best friend do you talk to your best friend when you're from five probably not are you you know do you keep in touch with so-and-so then you're single then you have a, a boyfriend then you're engaged or you have a serious relationship and then you get kids it's like things are different my best friends who i hung out with like while i was traveling the world playing poker you know they got three kids or two kids and they live here and like i'm here and it's like you have one kid and you're fighting for trying to do your own stuff and it's like the, the different little pockets and phases of your life it's like it's really never the same right like you're just different parts of your life are just completely different and so you know, different variables or different things are, are that much more severe or significant or intense or time consuming. So, you know, to your point, I get what you're saying too. It is, uh, you know, you get pregnant right now, 
And then there's that whole process. And then the first year and then the two, it's like all different and you're learning and you're trying to do your best. And it's, it's not just like, Oh, well, I want to have a kid and be good for the world. Like, to add a body or someone that's going to, we're going to want to raise there. There's a lot of, uh, I could see how in your brain in particular, there'd be a lot of like calculations, you know, like, what does this mean? How does that affect me? How does that affect what I want to do? So I get that. Right. A lot. And, and, and I think it's also just like priority shift. Exactly. That mm-hmm. I'm slightly, just, I just, I'm just cautious of because I know that, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh no, you know, not your priorities won't necessarily change. It's like, well, that's, that's not, a, that's not a given. Like some people's, some people are able to continue, you know, they, they, you know, they, 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 their old mindset stays the same. And, you know, I, where, whereas like, oh my, my headphones just died. Hang on. There might be, is that feeding back? I can hear you. Okay, good. Um, you know, and, and I guess I'm just concerned that like my, I, my brain chemistry might change so much through the love of my child that I might like, don't make, the same what i think are you know good reasonably impartial decisions that i I, on things that i think are really important basically it's just like an unknown of like how whether whether the priority shift that i think would likely happen is 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 one that is born out of the best i don't know it's the most rational one i know it's, it's hard to describe but yeah, no, it's, well, I, I just remember this this conversation with you specifically at this time. I remember exactly where we were in the Bahamas at a private game and talking to you and Igor and we're, whatever we were, we were chatting about. I'm just curious, you know, on a... Uh, um, no, it's a good question. Yeah, so, okay. Well, that, Ask I, Igor about that. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's me. And Igor, before we dive into questions, how is Igor doing? One of the top poker players in the world. Uh, has he been playing as much recently? Is he going to be playing as much recently? And, and, and what uh, what's he up to? He, I mean, he was just like, he basically became a, an epidemiologist. He, he was, uh, you know, like, he was just, when, when COVID started hitting, he was just doing calculations and, and simulations and, and like trying to figure out, you know, make, make predictions about what was going to happen. And he was remarkably accurate. Um, of course, it's Eagle, so he doesn't ever publish anything. He's like completely, no one ever sees it. He doesn't, he barely ever posts on social media um, much as much as I try and bug him to do it because he's got so many good ideas to put out there. Um, but yeah, so he was like down a, an analytic rabbit hole um, of just like learning about, about it and like trying to understand what was going on and what's likely to happen with the markets and so on. So um but yeah, so he's been playing less, but he's still playing some, um, and he'll be playing, I'm sure, some of the WPT two uh, online. Um, and uh, what else is he doing? I mean, he's just good. It's just, it's just ego. We're, we're, you know, we've been having having fun in lockdown. That's good. That's fun is good. It's uh, it is a wild time. So it's anytime you can keep busy and the mind sharp and and active, yeah. it's definitely a good thing. There's, yeah, I worry. I just worry. Sometimes I see things or hear things, and you just wonder if. Uh, some people just kind of lost their, their path or their way or their, 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 their sanity uh, at certain points. Some of the stuff that you hear and see. Um, mm-hmm. All right. We are going to dive into some questions and I want to ask you also about stars. So you, you were sponsored basically for 10 years almost. What was that? Was that a difficult decision or time? I know obviously I was with stars. I ended up leaving them with party. You, you were saying you're not really playing poker. Um, but that was uh was that a difficult sort of choice or period or was that just like a just sort of like you just knew you weren't going to be traveling the circuit and grinding online and yeah yeah, I mean it just like it it just I think it fizzled out it certainly fizzled out from my end and I think it fizzled out from theirs too so it's just you know it was very very amicable you know it was um I, I was I was 
it, it, yeah, it was just like a, a necessary transition. I, I just, my heart wasn't in it anymore. Um, and I think they knew that too. And um, yeah, no, I, I, it was, I'm enormously grateful for the, the years I had with them. It was, you know, it's a lot of great people. At least, you know, there, there's still some um, great people at that company. Yeah. Um, and there certainly were back in the day as well. And uh, yeah, they gave me, just I, you know, the, the experiences I had were just incredible. The, the, yeah, the APT sure. is the best, the best tour, but you know, it was the best tour of the time by by far. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, great. Well, yeah, great. Uh, it's it's it is a uh, it's it's also great to see competition too in poker. I just think it is good when there's other sites pushing and, and moving and and uh, hopefully you know poker. I do believe it's a great game. Whatever happens, uh, you know, solvers. I, there's like forty. Maybe these questions. Let's go to the questions because there's probably people are asking. I'm curious on your thoughts on the current state of poker. But let's. We got to we got to dive into the questions. We're just we're going to be here. For me, I can I can dig it, but yeah, uh, I, I, I've got like another tw- 15, 20 minutes in me, and then I'm going to crash because I'm uh, I'm getting tired. Yeah, let's this is let's get there. We got it. We got it moving. We got we got fired up on some tangents, but all fun stuff. So let's get over here. We are going to give you a chance for a fifty-five dollar ticket on Party Poker. Going to give that away if you guys want to ask a question to Liv. Maybe if she doesn't get if we don't get to all of them here, maybe she'll dive in or, or take a scroll and answer some later. I, I can't say I can't say for sure, but we're going to answer what we can we're going to go through so let's just kind of rapid fire uh live are you married uh, no but practically okay off the market i think that's that question means are you available so that we'll just take it for that so not available, not available. sorry guys we, we we didn't want to lose half the viewers right on the first day we'll, we'll save that for now uh what's the most memorable poker tournament you've played i think we've maybe covered it yeah san remo probably i guess it's a pretty crazy story literally a volcano uh that talk about energy in the in the fate i guess if you will sliding doors right that's a that's a fair moment to say Mm -hmm. in time um what about people asking about wsop you just said you're going to play the world poker tour events coming up do you have any plans to do on the online other stuff for wsop or just you already Uh, got your bracelet i might might play a couple of wsop events actually yes wsop um yeah i don't don't know i haven't i haven't really looked at the schedule yet to be honest but i'll I'll play some your triple crown hunting is the answer you're you're wt for sure you're gonna go for it um what's the, i love this question from chris robinson here what is your biggest aha moment when it comes to physics and how the world works Ooh. Ooh, what's the question? um oh man i had like a moment where i intuitively grasped quantum mechanics very fleeting moment where i could like see like i felt the uncertainty principle you know like how um, the more, you know, like why it is that when you more accurately know a particle's momentum that you less accurately know it's, it, it, you know, it's, uh, it's position. So I'm really getting tired. Um, I, I just, it was like a moment where I just like felt it, but then it like went away again. Um, but there's yeah. probably, I mean, some of the stuff you're doing or learning, there's a lot of, I mean, you look at a question or a topic and you must, it's, kind of exciting right because it's so they're so so broad and so uh there's so much interesting um research and thoughts behind it yeah um very very cool uh, another guy i think he was hoping you were maybe this was a follow-up from the first but he asked why are you so beautiful any any beauty tips out there live any any uh, covid beauty tips how are you staying dialed in on on uh physical taking care of preservation? Not especially uh <laughs> i haven't ha- i haven't had my hair cut or even brushed it in a while so yeah All right. uh, 
just you got, just you're just winging it you're keeping you're keeping it keep maintaining that that's that's I, cool. not, not wearing, wearing makeup i put on a little bit of makeup for this i was like oh shit this is gonna but, go on the internet isn't it but before there was a quite i saw this clip maybe a year or two ago someone asked it in the chat it rang a bell and what show was it? I got, I wish I could pull it up or, or no, but we'll, we'll just, there was a thing where you got to like, it was like a game show and you got to uh, keep half or give half and like you. Like, oh, Golden what's, Bulls. What's it called? Yeah. Golden Bulls. But Golden Bulls, where yeah. you basically like trust a person to either split or take all of it, but yeah. it's like an equation or a math thing. But you basically, I, I saw the clip, it was savage. Like this poor guy, you just got bluffed on his, like in hindsight, looking back on it, what was it like? You're, it's funny. That's the thing. Like he wasn't even meant to get voted round into the final two. He, he, I, I, I only voted him because I felt like he was, he, he would then feel indebted. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's a pretty brutal show because it's basically like the, the, there's a clear dominant strategy in this particular one, which is like seeing as you're only playing it once, then it's you have to go for for steal because it's double the you know the win rate on expectation than than splitting. But at the same time, it's like it's it's pretty gross i mean it's it's i don't think it's really any different to bluffing someone in a poker pot um but at the same time if i was on the show again i think the importance of cooperation as a message is is greater than what my you know what at the time like I, you know my goal was to go on and win as much money as possible so that's why my objective was whereas if i went on the show now i guess my objective would be to teach people about the perils of prisoners dilemmas and game Someone theory showed me like, this clip and i literally i i like i almost felt i was just like it was so intense like it was just like the show the idea it was so wild to me like the whole thing but i what was the was it like you went you you how much did you win versus what would have been like six, six grand i think six yeah six six k pounds um the show's like genius. It's like it's just such like a funny little like way of doing it, but it was like a very like intense. Like you could feel the emotion in it. Like it was very. No, it was like- rough. And what they don't show is I actually like cried afterwards because mm. um, they you don't you don't get to because obviously the optimal strategy is to say oh I'll split with you uh, like I, I'm gonna pick steel but then after the show we'll split and then like their hand is forced but mm. they producers don't let you do that and they like they you you never meet the person before you start like the moment like you sit down on set and then you, the moment it's done, you, you get taken away. You never see them again. So you don't have the opportunity to like offer like those kind of deals or offer them anything afterwards. Right. Um, Did he ever contact you? Or is there anything ever? Like, yeah, I, ever- I, I, I've received plenty of hates and death threats and all sorts from um, it. Like I, even today, I still get like hate messages from it. Um, it's, it's quite, it's quite something. Well, I, mean, well, sorry, I just, I, someone said it in the chat and I completely for like, I just, I remember seeing this clip somewhere. I had no idea what the show was or what it what was about, but I just remember that thing. Uh, and I was like, yeah. I could tell you felt bad, you know, like, like, no, yeah, like well, that's it. And so yeah, I, like afterwards I, I, you know, after we've done, I, like the audience were booing and hissing at me. And I, I went into the green room, like, you know, my, into my dressing room. I was like, ah! and started crying. And then just like Harrod, the, the producer the the host was like what's why you played great why are you crying i was like i feel terrible it's like i I feel dirty this is really weird this is not what i expected to feel um you know i it felt different to poker somehow because it's like you make a because you you make some kind of you make a verbal agreement with someone and then you- I would say maybe it's like the analogy of playing someone heads up, heads up versus like in a live game, like a one-on-one, it's more personal. Like if you lose the heads up match, it hurts more than yeah, like losing at like a pot. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. But yeah. And he was like, well, 
they come on get it and he's like no you played great you did you did the you know you did a good thing oh, and then like fuck your ideas up now now and then i had to like record my like be happy thing um right. but yeah i don't know it's it's i have like very mixed feelings about it like i i say i i think i made the right decision at the time which was also like i just started in poker as well and i was very i was i wanted to be respected by the poker community you know i was, very, I was like quite sort of insecure and like aware of the fact that people thought i was only you know I was like just a dumb, pretty girl, etc. And yeah. and I, I knew that I would get ripped apart from the by the poker community if I played it suboptimally, you know, and taken the. Like, you're almost your hand is sort of forced, like in your mind. There's well, no way. Yeah, in a I mean, way, in a way. Not, I mean, really, though, my goal on the show was like I, I was playing the game show, so I get my goal was to make money. It's a game. It's like I, it's like Big Brother, Survivor, these things. Like there's a there's a lot of you got. It's a game. Yeah, they, that's what makes TV. They want you to, you know, that's why they design it. Yeah. For sure. All right. I just, I just, that came up and I did see a question in the chat. I got it like from way, way up. Someone asked about it. I didn't even know what they were referencing. And then I realized like they said golden balls and I thought they were just like trolling. And then that's the name. Was that the name of the show? Golden balls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think that uh, someone asking about being different, like what would you say would be a difference if you just took the women in poker as a, as a whole um, kind of like a thing. What, what do you think differentiates you from, say, like the the typical play? I guess say poker player, but um, you know what? I don't like the whole women poker deal, like how it's so different. But it, it's interesting to me, and it is. There's you can't argue that it's like what's the percent of women in poker? It's like I don't know, two percent, three percent, five. It's like lo- it's super low. Do you feel like you have? I, I'd ask the question differently than they ask. Do you feel you are able to capitalize? with psychology or using that you are a woman to your advantage? Like what ways do you feel that you are able to, to capitalize on that? I mean, presumably, yes. I, it's difficult because I've never been a man in poker, so I have no point of comparison. Um, but I don't know. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's almost impossible to generalize um, and say, oh, women have this advantage because of that. I, but if there is one thing, I guess it's a, like on average, people have, you know, women tend to be stereotyped more often so and i mean I, I catch myself doing it you know when i sit down at a table and there'll be a woman at the table i would i would stereotype her the same as the other male players would probably stereotype her if i don't know anything about her um and uh, you know the stereotype usually is that women tend to be less aggressive or like more easily to you know more easily bluffed etc so that as long as you're aware of that you, you know then you can capitalize upon that because it means someone's playing, you know, falsely, wrongly against you, yeah. provided you are actually more aggressive. Um, right. So there's there's that advantage. And I mean, I certainly had outside of the game, but within the industry, a ton of advantages. You know, I would never have had the attention that I got for winning an EPT or anything, you know, had I not been a girl. Um, and I've always been very aware of that. And it was honestly one of the reasons I actually was – you know, I, I made such a strong push to become known in poker because I knew that I stood, I didn't, yeah. you know, I had an advantage there in terms I of. Always, like, I, was, I always used to think that I would always think about like women and stuff. And I was like, man, if I were, if I were alert to the, the scene and the situation, it's a fun game. It's a great thing. And you, you, you really like your EV is so much bigger as a woman. If you like really try to go for it because of that. Right. Like it is right. like, you just have such a, bigger, yeah, there's like, there's there's advantages there um sure. less than they used to be you know i think i got in kind of at the golden times a little bit i think if you're a woman trying to make it to the you know it's there's still some of that but there's less sponsorship stuff flying around you know there's less opportunities there so it's not as, it's not as easy now 
for sure. I do think there's an, I want to ask you about the current state of poker um, and what you think. Do you think there's another push? U.S., Pennsylvania passed, Michigan passed. Do you feel that, let's say the U.S. just turned on. If they said California, let's run it, New York, Florida, you know, whatever. Turn on the lights, poker's back. In theory, it could be bigger than it was uh, maybe in its heyday or close to it. Would that would that be enough of a of an allure because you have such a, a strong reputation in poker and name? Would that bring you back if you're like, oh, if someone's like, oh, we're just, they're not really, you're still gonna be casual. Get my get your triple crown and roll. That's is that right? Yeah, you're I know. I've, I've, like I said, I, I feel. I mean, I I just feel like I've gotten what I needed. You know, I, I I've gotten. I just don't have the same fire for that. But I have fire for just more fires for other things right now. You know, I want to space. I want to make sense. There's just I've got other things on my mind that I just don't have the mental space for it anymore. What is uh, what's your favorite scientist quote, or maybe I don't know, even not if that even makes sense. Uh, some some quotes within physics, or some quotes that you like. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, like look up any Carl Sagan quote. He's just insane. Like it's such a or Richard Feynman incredible just incredible quotes coming out of them um nick bostrom so yeah so many but carl sagan or richard feynman are usually good good go-tos very cool um best insight you've had playing poker what's like one of the things that you've taken away from the game that you just sort of learned as a whole um out of life well uh that your intuitions are not perfect and don't over rely on them uh and that if you, you grayscale thinking is just so much better than like this is either right or wrong or this like black and white thinking um you know basically like quantifying and putting things into probabilities is just so helpful in everything in life when you're trying to like make decisions and that's what poker taught me Awesome. Uh, so what do you like the most about Igor? What, what draws you to Igor? You know, it's you're, you're in poker again, the numbers game, a lot of guys who doesn't want a successful, uh, well-known, well put together, you know, poker player. Um, how, how, why did Igor out of all the guys you're in, a, you're just on like, you know, you're basically on bachelorette, right? Like guys, you're just around men all the time. Like, why did you, how did Igor get to get to lock in and, and become a six year, almost marriage now, whatever, you know, you guys call it. I don't know, like he's just the perfect fit. Um, he just, he was my, he was, a, he was a good friend for a year and a half before we ever even got together. Oh, um, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So oh, yeah. Was, uh, yeah. No, he was just, he just, you know, we were good friends, um, you know, very platonically. Um, and then, yeah, we like, we realized we were attracted to each other at some point and tried that out and just were inseparable since. And he, He's just, uh, he's just the perfect guy for me. He's just, he's just hilarious and insane so, in a brilliant way and a just super genius and just like endlessly patient and empathetic. He's like just one of those rare mixes of someone who has like all the like intellect, you know, like the, 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 the analytical intellect, but also this incredible, like emotional intelligence. Right. And the guy that can turn it on and hit, hit burning man and dominate and go for it and have fun. And let loose. So yeah, he's got range. He's got range. Exactly. That's a very good way of putting it. He's got range. He's Wild got range. Wild range. Very nice. I love big yeah. Igor fan myself. I love Igor. Uh, burning man. That's that, that, well, that might've been the, the peak of my, I think that year, 2014, like just letting loose, going there for the first time and in 
kind of heard about it for a while. Antonio, I think I don't know if he got you guys to go or, or what was like ultimately. Yeah, Antonio. Of course. Give, he's the ultimate recruiter. He's very good at that. He's very he's he's tough. It's hard to say. It's hard to fade uh, Antonio invite on this stuff. He really he 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 doesn't sell often, but when he does, he goes hard and he he get yeah. he delivers hard. So that was that was fun. I think that was again that was probably the most uh, the peak of my just like let loose having fun and in wild time so yeah i hope we get i hope we get to go back again do you think is there is there a, i don't even know the burning man update they they've if they put it did they say not this year later yeah. the year it's a pause i don't even i haven't no, it's just not happening this year just not okay someone asked if you have kids i'll answer for you that's a no that i know of actually no no kids correct but so, as far as i know yeah but as far as you know it's a little different for men and women men it's more yeah. possible to not know women usually but no. <laughs> you would probably know. Actually, I've never thought about that. But yeah, you can't say that. So it's enough. Um, men can make that joke. Uh, all right. We're gonna, how about a couple more? You got to go, Olivia. You're falling asleep. I know soon. It's what time is it? 1 a.m.? 1 a.m. 1 a.m. I mean, um, there's, look at, so there's a lot. So there's a lot. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you afterwards. Hang on. There was a good one in here. One second. Let me go to the top and just scroll down. So we did, we've gotten to um, last time you played poker. Why did you retire? Any of these ones? There's so like, how, was it, how was it working with Grimes? Um, oh, because I filmed a funny video with her on a, a um, unboxing. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. We, we unboxed uh, Death Stranding, which is this uh, video game. Um, she's hilarious. She's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Who was that? Uh, Grimes. That, that's a that's just a you type it in it'll it's a video like of you guys yeah if you search my name Grimes you know the, she's a, the musician um, okay we we played a video game and unboxed it and tried to do a review of it and it was hilarious I'll, she, um, I will definitely check that out what's the biggest tournament score you've had online we saw the one point six million seven million live that, that's that's it oh online sorry mm-hmm. uh, 150k I won the Sunday warm up I think that was the biggest. Yeah, hundred so K scores online aren't easy because the buy-ins are generally right. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple of hundred K scores online, but um, yeah, that's one. Yeah, uh, the Igor question, I like that. That's a good answer. Poker nowadays. Uh, to, what, oh, what do you think about the online state, state like or live state? What do you think is going to happen with COVID? Since you study and you're kind of in, you you're into the physics. When will live poker? Do you think in 2020 will there be a stop? Is there going to be, or is this just like, is this just? So I, mean, I mean, there's already live poker in the Czech Republic, right? Um, or like I, a series. I mean, like a star oh, party putting up saying like, let's go live and play like, like our normal international series. series. Like, I mean, I guess, hard, right? Like, my 50-50 point would be mm, December, maybe. December. Yeah. So I think, yeah, November, the, the party million in, in Bahamas is tough. Like that's like, because even if stuff kind of opens back up, it's just hard to predict. How do people react? Do people want to try right. and it's, like a lot of, it's a lot of cost for the organizers to put on where like no guarantee that people will actually come. I mean, I think a lot of poker players don't give a shit. They'll go and play anyway, but um, I know it's, it's like a big risk for them to even put it on. Like it's, it must be so hard to decide. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's do, let's do, tell me how many more. Cause there's a hundred. So give me a number. No. Uh, five more 
five. That's good. That was like the deal to card. I was thinking three, three or four. Love you. You uh, the five is a nice bonus. That means that means you're enjoying it. I like that. They're enjoying the podcast. That was good. We we didn't lose her yet. So I'm having a good time. Yes, it's been fun. When when did you start your poker career? When would you say you were a poker player? When did you say you know what this is for sure what I'm doing? You said the lot. You, you went. Wait, to well, I answered, I answered this earlier. So let's, let's do another one because I, okay. you know, I I don't know 2008 2009 something like that. But is that but that would that be would you define that was when you started when you left the job to go to the Bellagio for yeah. this tournament or the that was basically like I'm on the path. Okay. Uh, have you ever went crazy because of money? Have you ever like with one of the big scores or something? Have you ever kind of lost touch of uh, you think looking back you maybe got a little over out of control or too excited? No, not really. I mean, a bit like I, I got I got lazy after winning San Remo for like six months where I just. I, you know, I downplayed the luck factor in my head. Um, and so I got a little complacent in terms of like studying and I, I, you know, and then I just like, I assumed I just must be really, really good to have won that big tournament so quickly. Um, and so, you know, played in probably tougher tournaments than I should have, but I still didn't like, you know, I, 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 I was still not like a huge DJ or like that, anything like that. I've never really been a huge DJ. Okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty down the center of the fairway. Um, what, what about biggest cooler? Do you have a moment that stands out like in a world series or a WPT or somewhere where you were just like the equity or final table and like, you just, you couldn't believe what happened. Do you have anything that stands out? Um, I mean, with the world series Europe, the year that Phil Helmuth won the main event, there were like, we were 17 left, 16 left. It wasn't a cooler. I just like, I got Joe Chonged. I always get Joe Chonged. He always gets just flat. You have like Queens or Kings and someone fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, had, I had a queen and he snapped off my, I love Joe. Don't get me wrong. I love Joe. Right. I've, I've never forgiven him for this hand. He just like, I mean, it, obviously I wanted him to do it. He snapped off my 22 BB shove with uh, ace 10 offsuit. Like you know, basically on on a form of bubble, uh, with two tables left uh, for like you know, considering everyone was kind of short, I would have been like quite comfortable. And then he riveted it, and I I, I never forgiven him for that. queen. I'm telling you, that's the worst hand in poker. I I just I'm just gonna start binning it. I, I never win with it against it. I just can't. I just don't like that hand. Yeah. But uh, yeah. All right. So no, no, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, I I'm I've I've never had the memory for remembering hands. I I just never can. It's just in and out. That's a good, that's, that's a nice trait. Um, what is, uh, let's, let's do two more. Um, I don't like, there's a lot of women questions. I mean, in terms of women. One woman question. Yeah. Like I, I, I think it's, you know, it's pretty obvious. There's a handful of very successful, well-known women. Um, give me your favorite. What's like one of your favorite hands, not aces. Give me like a fun hand. What's, do you have like a Jack nine suited Jack? Can suit I don't have anything like that. You just don't like, hand questions. You play the ranges. You know what to do in what spot. That's what you yeah, like to I, see. Well, I mean, I don't anymore, but I did. Presumably. You did. Um, all right. Where? Uh, what? What's this question? Is um, or what about sports? Give us a little bit of athletic. Do you do any any type of? Uh, you're at, you're you're very fit in terms of you seem to you stay active. You do hiking and, and such. But are do you actually play? Did you play any sports? Were you a star growing up? Give us. Uh, I did a lot of running. Um, and I played like all the team sports at school, you know, like hockey, netball, that kind of stuff. Um, field hockey. Um, Eagle and I've just got into tennis because there's a tennis court next to our house mm. and it's 
I, I like I almost want to live stream our tennis games How because you're beating him in tennis. No, I I'm close. He he is slightly better than me, but barely. Even though he thinks he's much better than me, which is just insane. Because he should be. I, I mean, that's one of those sports where it really does like, matter. Like it's a disparity. Like men, like he sh- that if you're beating him or it's close, that's right. Well, considering like we both played the same amount, like we're both basically beginners, but right. we I feel like we both learned like pretty fast, and yeah. we're like in so insanely competitive, and all of our matches are just we just scream at each other like purely like it, it's it's not actually anger but like semi-anger like we just we right. cannot play a casual game or like let's have a fun knockabout no like there, there's you guys are playing for there's a lot of pride there, yeah, right? we're playing for blood every time whatever we do whatever sport whatever thing we try out like we, we our friends uh our friends joke like oh let's play, we'll play hanabi or it's like some com, com, uh collaborative game we have no, it doesn't does not compute we cannot we have to be adversarial whenever we play games um so yeah that, i love it well i'll just say this that i'm seeing a lot of questions and literally most of these we have we have touched on or covered so that's, that's yeah, we a, uh, we've really we really did nail it i think that's almost uh that that's about all we can say so i'm gonna leave i'm gonna load up this 55 dollars ticket i'm gonna let you tell me when to select it give me a second how about leave us with a thought in the world in this moment in time do you have any kind of i don't know not nothing sappy but what would be sort of a message give me something that you would say to, to for people out there to maybe you know get through this time or just think about it and maybe use be use your time wisely give me give me some sure. sort of uh, message um okay we live in a time of enormous uncertainty and as poker f- players and poker fans we are perhaps better equipped than most people at understanding the importance of like humility and nuance in our views and not being overly certain about anything. And also how important it is to think probabilistically about things and to try and think about things in terms of like expected value and cost benefits and seeing the other side and, and like making, you know, trying to, trying to understand the truth of the world as opposed to like whatever our preconceived ideas are. And at the same time, understanding that others are trying to do, you know, I don't know. No, I, I actually, I, that makes a lot of sense. It's it's for rationality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you believe like, I, for sure. Like I think poker and poker players are people that understand games and, and logic and probability. It's a, it's an advantage and you should be able to sort of t- understand like this is part of life. Try, and these try and help others to think, to think probabilistically and, mm-hmm. and, and with nuance and with grayscale, I think that is one of the most important things that the world is sorely lacking and poker players have, you know, an advantage at that. And therefore I think it's their duty to try and help their friends and family think about things in that way as well. Okay. Now I want to leave with two predictions, one crypto, Bitcoin, that type of stuff. Do you believe it? it is it a, is it, do you have any feelings on crypto at all? Bitcoin? Do you like it? It's sort I, of part of poker. I enjoyed investing in it in 2017. Um, <laughs> didn't enjoy investing in it as much in 2018. Um, no, I think there's, there's like with all new technologies, there's pros and cons. Um, there, I like the idea of having like immutable ledgers where you know information can be stored in a non and not filled with afterwards because I think we're seeing problems in the world in that regard, and it like gives a form of like security against over 
over-censoring and over-controlling states. But at the same time, it's a bit of a Pandora's box because we need a certain degree of, I, I don't know, I don't think all surveillance is bad, particularly as like with the things we talked about, like the need of, you know, keeping track of perhaps the potentially dangerous technologies that are falling into more and more people's hands. So pros and cons, don't know. Okay. And uh, last thing, poker, poker prediction, five, 10 years from now, do you feel online poker parties made some changes, real names, uh, no HUDs. What do you believe about the future of online poker? Do you think it's, uh, do you think that there's, I mean, it's, there's, there's solvers, there's this, there's that. Do you feel like we're, is poker going to stick around in the way we know it? Or do you think it's going to be big changes if you had to look at that? In 10 years time, like I just don't see, honestly, I don't see how in 10 years you can like, we're going to have real time GTO solvers, how, how you would have the high stakes poker continue any form of like really like high stakes poker or even medium or low stakes poker running. You know, I, I think the game will still exist and maybe we'll see new formats emerge. And I think we'll see a resurgence towards live poker. If it's, if, if you know, poker sit around at all. Um, but it's going to be, I don't, I don't know. It's, Maybe they online online companies can come up with like fun new variants that make it really hard to to you know for solvers to to solve them. Um, but I think there's a, still a few there's a few years left. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't be especially optimistic over ten years. No. Okay, there you heard it. So we did copy and paste. Liv, I'm going to let you on the behalf of yourself and uh, myself and Party Poker fifty five dollar ticket. Hopefully someone parlays it up in 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 banks. Let's uh, you tell me when and we're going to roll it. All right. What do I do? I just tell you. I just say now. Whatever you want. You can say anything you want. But so you know, you need me to know that it's now. Whatever that means okay, for you. Now. That now works. I get it. Uh, you can only draw. Technology's hard, so that didn't go as planned. Um, you can only draw on your own tweets. Oh, I think I went to. You logged into the wrong account. This feels like my own tweet. I think this is it. it seems Copy. like it's your own tweet. It feels like it's mine. I don't know anymore what's who's what, uh, what like prop property that's working. So we did something wrong. This works. Someone's going to win it. They're going to take it. Liv, who is it? Let's see who gets it. This guy, I'm on to this guy. I think he might've got a solver for, uh, for, I already know this name. This guy's won giveaways before. Look at that. He's being, I mean, and so, is there a cutoff on giveaways? Like how, I mean, is it, is he cheating the giveaway system? Or I mean, maybe just lucky? give away another one. I don't know do what to say. Do another one. Uh, uh, I'm gonna give this guy one. I'm gonna do one. I will do an extra one because I just feel like this guy's working the system. There've been a lot of questions, and there've been a lot of you know really good. I don't know. There's good people in the chat today. There's great people in the chat. There's a lot of. uh, There's one guy in the chat. I will say, saying he's never forgiven you after that golden ball. (laughs) To your point, the the guy said, "I've never forgiven her." (laughs) There's people taking. I can't imagine. That feels like a polarizing theory. I don't know what to say. I I respect it. I think you. I mean, I get it. It makes a lot of sense, and and that 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 honestly made me laugh. I just thought it was so. The, the production on it's so intense, but um, Liv, this was a treat. It was great to catch up. I hope to see you very soon, even though who knows, it might not be in 2020, um, but I will see you at some tables during the World Poker Tour on Party Poker, and I, I might call in. If I if we go deep and I'm live on, if you're at the final table, I might have to call in live on the stream and just say hi and say get that triple crown. So just don't don't ice me if I, if I call you and it's 4 a.m. and you're at a final table with WPT, you better pick up, all right? All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. It was good yeah, to see you. That was a lot of fun. All right, guys. Libri, Thanks give her a follow on Instagram, Twitter. She got a website. She does this. She does that. She'll come speak to you if you need. 
pay attention, get your alerts on, and we'll see her at the tables very soon. So thanks, everyone. Podcast tomorrow with Dan Fleshman at 12 p.m. noon. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Night. All right. That's.